to crash on the North Norfolk coast, killing all four people on board. The aircraft, based at RAF Lakenheath in Suffolk, had been on low-flying training exercise yesterday evening when it came down in marshland near the clay, near clay next to the sea. Residents have described hearing a heavy and unusual sound overhead. An inquest is due to be opened today into the death of a Luton man in police custody. 39-year-old Leon Briggs died after he was detained under the Mental Health Act. The Independent Police Complaints Commission is investigating. Gail Sanderson reports. Five police officers and two members of civilian staff have been interviewed under criminal caution by IPCC investigators on suspicion of offences including gross negligence and unlawful manslaughter. The IPCC is examining all police contact with Mr Briggs, including the decision to take him to the police station and to transport him in a police van rather than by ambulance. The inquest is due to be opened and adjourned at the coroner's court in Hatfield this morning. The search is continuing this morning for a man from Leighton Buzzard who hasn't been seen since New Year's Day. 37-year-old Neil Devlin from Townbridge Mill was reported missing by his neighbours and has failed to turn up for work at Morrison's. Young black people in Luton say they're stopped and searched more than other communities. Bedfordshire police agree but say it's not disproportionately more. Paula says she and her brother are often stopped by the police. Probably every other week. Like, they're terrible. They just... I think it's just harassment. So is my brother. He got he, he got um, stopped and searched seven times in one week. It's just... I, th- I believe it's because we're black, honestly. In football, Stevenage will earn £144,000 from their televised FA Cup fourth-round game with Everton. The weather, a dry day with sunny spells and a moderate breeze, feeling mild with temperatures up to 12 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's where are we now? Wednesday, the 8th of January, something like that. Happy 2014, kids. How's it going so far? Lots coming up on the show this morning, including we'll bring you the latest on Bedford Hospital. The management at the time leading up to the closure of some of its children's services, well, they've been given a right telling off. Two young black Lutonians are speaking out against police stop-and-search policy. They feel they're being unfairly targeted because of the colour of their skin. And we'll hear from a tiny shopkeeper who gave a robber a darn good slap. You can see the footage on the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Hospital's leadership has been described as weak in a damning independent report into the problems in the paediatric department last summer. The hospital's board effectively ignored the concerns of junior doctors who were withdrawn by the head of training over concerns about their safety, according to the report which was commissioned by the hospital. Well, political reporter Paul Scoynes has seen the report and joins me now. Paul, what does it say? Well, it doesn't make for a very entertaining reading for the hospital, Ian. Uh, It's very critical. It's looking at, as I say, what looks... uh, 
at the, the, the summer's problems when the paediatric department pretty much shut down. Um, the report says that the department failed to meet those fundamental medical standards for training, um, particularly around communication. Uh, the trainees were told they were being emotional when they actually reported their concerns, which were that they weren't being supervised. They didn't have enough consultant supervision in the department, and that was putting patients' uh, uh, sort of care at risk. Um, the report says that efforts to engage with the trainees just wasn't good enough. Um, the uh, evidence of uh, clinical leadership was weak, it says as well, uh, and that there was overarching uh, a lack of strategy, a lack of curiosity. Um, one particular quote in that says that the potential risk to patients safety was just often not recognized and that the consultant pediatricians demonstrated quote a lack of insight regarding concerns about supervision of trainees wow, that yeah. sounds quite serious it is it is really and i, I think i mean the the, the the particular concerns about training and this is obviously what related to them being pulled out um uh, have, have really kind of been borne out by this report and show that almost and this is another one here a, a high tolerance threshold of practice considered to be unsafe in plain terms that there was almost almost a sort of an acceptance of things not being done properly um, and and a medical culture which said that there was a, a an overemphasis of showing understanding for the pressures of colleagues so understanding that people are under pressure but not actually doing anything about it not actually challenging uh, any sort of poor performance now we know about the hospital being warned don't we yeah this was actually something in the report shows that the the the, the knowledge of this went back as far as 2005 uh, specifically about this same problem uh, and that that awareness of concerns was known but quote had little profile i.e they weren't taken very seriously in that particular line saying that the concern about the uh, the training in the paediatric department widespread within the hospital particularly among senior clinicians concerns had little profile even when there was a threat to remove the trainees so they were finally pulled out due to this major incident that we heard about that led to us going down to uh, to bedford hospital last uh, july when an incident um, uh, occurred where a consultant failed to answer an urgent call despite being called for times and it was that incident that then triggered the head of the uh, the sort of education if you like head of education east of england um to advise the hospital that it was no longer able to recommend that those trainees stayed this was uh, professor simon gregory head of the health of education east of england and he said that the hospital were well aware of the problems what happened was in may um i had discussions with the general medical council and with health education england as a national body and then spoke with the hospital, and it wasn't hinted at, it was made very clear, if at any stage this broke down, the trainees would be removed. Uh, and uh, that meant, I mean, that was a bank holiday weekend, and I had, to, I had my phone on at all times in case it broke down that weekend. Uh, it, it sustained for a while, but it was, it's been explicit throughout. And indeed, when the PMETB visited in 2006, it was explicit at that stage. There's never been any, any doubt. If trainees are not supervised then it's not safe for patients. Pretty stark, you would think, mm. but it's, uh, the report says that there's little evidence the Trust really understood those concerns, even when made aware of those concerns in December, those concerns weren't properly acted upon, although the Trust did put into place what it thought was a, an adequate action plan, and indeed uh, the, the, the Trust's sort of management have said to me that they were surprised when later, in uh, well, sort of earlier in, in, in 2013, that all came back. So that lack of action, Ian, is a, a very much a recurrent theme.
Uh, pretty appalling comments there. Does the report make recommendations? I'm assuming it would. Well, yeah, it does, absolutely. And, and uh, those r- sort of recommendations are right at the start of the report. Communication clearly needs to be improved. Concerns need to be made more visible and taken more seriously. Trainees certainly need to feel that they're able to raise those issues. Um, regular feedback from trainees is needed. They, what they also suggested as well, they start all of their meetings, their board meetings, with an, a patient experience. So trying to sort of get some sort of experience of people who are actually using the service um, and perhaps bring in outside mentors as well so those um, sort of just key points I suppose are being um, uh, sort of suggested and indeed the hospital says that it's it's looking into trying to implement them. Any evidence uh, that the trust is already acting on this? Yeah there is, I mean they have published an action plan many concerns are are being addressed, it says the hospital's told me it's keen to uh, make sure that all of those processes are back in place before they actually invite those junior doctors back and they do that by going to the general medical council first of all and then those come back in um the uh, new medical consultant andy raffles was brought in to redesign those services and uh, the hospitals tell me that they're making progress on that they're saying that the service is going to be consultant led so there will be more consultants certainly than junior doctors that was one of the problems and uh, certainly what is referred to in this report as bad practice effectively a a department being run by junior doctors more or less or certainly relying on junior doctors to the extent that it can't function if they're not there Uh, and indeed that will they say lead to if not all around 95 percent of all the services lost in the summer returning including ian we think and this is something you'll hopefully be able to ask the chief exec later um the return of ambulances delivering children the thing that confuses me is the hospital claim their first knowledge of the problems was 20 2012, and yet we've said there have been problems since 2005. Yeah, as, uh, yeah, absolutely. And the report says it was well known within clinical circles that this was a problem. Um, the hospital says it thought it was doing the right thing. It turns out it was effectively doing what amounted to the bare minimum. Stephen Conroy, who's the chief executive of the hospital at the time when we spoke to him uh, in the summer, he was acting chief executive. He says that the problems only came to light after the dean told the trust. April 2012 was the first time that the trust uh, was made aware of it. Um, it. We learnt later on that a number of the trainees had been to meet separately with the tutor, uh, one, of, one of the, the people who works for the postgraduate dean, so outside of the hospital. And we, we learnt there had been some meetings uh, earlier in the year. Um, but with the, the trainees didn't come to us directly. Um, and the first time we heard about the, the the bigger problems was directly from the dean and that came with the threat of withdrawal of trainees. And you might think that they'd been able to speak to these doctors about the concerns but Stephen Conroy says it's still not happened. I asked if I could go and talk to the, the, the trainees. The dean's view was that the, you know, some of them were so traumatised by their experience, uh, you know, felt they'd been um, not supported didn't feel confident about talking to senior staff in the organisation and they felt that if we went and talked to them, that, that, that might add to their concerns, might make them feel intimidated. So we agreed with the dean that, that we wouldn't talk to the, uh, the junior doctors uh, without the dean being present. And, and I certainly uh, didn't talk to them then. Is that frustrating for you? Uh, it is frustrating, but, but you know, again... We, surely you'd want to be able to get to the source of where the, well, where exactly, the concerns were coming from. Exactly. Um, but, we, you know, it, it, we have to respect the feelings of the trainees, I think. If they felt unsupported by the hospital, they'd gone outside to talk to the, the dean about their concerns. You know, if they didn't want 
to come back and talk to us directly. I think we have to respect that. Paul, thank you very much. 08459 455 555. for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Starting in Gerrards Cross, the A413 is down to one lane in both directions at the M25 overbridge. That's after an accident while a lorry was attempting to turn round there. Also, both bridges, bridges sorry, over the River Great Ooze at Felmersham and Harold are closed because of flooding. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, 6.15, it's Monday, the... uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's Wednesday, the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report into Bedford Hospital's children's department says doctors' concerns were effectively ignored. The inquest into the death of Leon Briggs, who died after being arrested in Luton, opens this morning. In football, Stevenage will earn £144,000 from their televised FA Cup fourth round game with Everton. The weather today, a dry and bright day with a high of 12 Celsius. 08459 455 555. Give us a call about, well, pretty much anything you want today. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. It's a chance to revisit the many spiritual beliefs of our friends and neighbours. But there is a way you can hear it all again. Sexy bell ringing. Is that... <laughs> 
open in St Albans? <laughs> Go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and click on listen again. People didn't want him here. They didn't like us. No, they spat on him, didn't they? Yeah, they did. A matter of faith. bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Three Counties Radio, 08459 455, bless you, 555 is the telephone number, should you wish to give us a call. Lots to talk about this one, in a second, incredible story about a woman, uh, the, the cracking vi- video footage is on the, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR, of um, uh, a, a robbery taking place in a shop, and this woman is, uh, is having none of it, having none of it. Cracking stuff. We'll get there in a second. Before that, can I ask you a question? Page three of the Daily Express. Page three of the Daily Express. Women's work is too hard for men. Let's have some of this. Half of men would hate to swap roles with their wives as it would be too hard. They would struggle to juggle childcare with work, cooking, doing the food shop and household chores, they told pollsters. Pollsters, no less. A third of men admitted it was easier to be a father and had no idea how their partner multitasked. Ideally, men would swap lives with David Beckham and women with working mum Holly Willoughby. 
can they say? Really? Really? Working mum, Holly. That's the example of a working mother, is it? Well, <laughs> yeah. Really? Now, listen, I know Holly. She's very, very nice. She she's very, very hard. but she's not representative. It's not a proper job, is it? What we do is not a proper job. Um, and her and her husband both earn plenty, so I'm sure they can afford childcare. Uh, in four in ten homes, women are solely responsible for running the house. They also clean, pack lunch boxes, book appointments, take children to clubs and get up in the night if the kids wake. Now... Admittedly, we're back to gender stereotypes as we were slightly uh, yesterday. Uh, th- this is kind of how it works in my house. But I've always said to my wife, if she earned more money than me, I would happily, happily step down from doing this daily grind, this coming in, at f- getting up at four o'clock every morning and t- churning this nonsense out, and stay at home. I'd be- love to be a house husband. I would there, love it. There are days when I wish I'd married for money rather than hot looks. but most of the time it works out okay look we're not we're not unusual everyone's having to do pretty much 50 50 these days aren't they although sometimes the women do slightly no i don't think it is 50 50 again i think it's women do 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 more in the house and men do less Mm. i think that's how it works out oh wait four five nine four double five five double five lots of things here we'll get justin out on this because he won't have a clue will he his mum his mum still does his washing for him i think is that true? I think that's I think true. I think it's quite true. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. 555 Would you be able to swap with your partner and do what they do? And also, women, if you're honest, I find that I am continually feeling guilty because I'm not quite managing to keep up with all the house stuff because you just can't do everything and maybe that's... That's what we have to accept. The Spice Girls were wrong. You can't have it all. You can find out what's important, concentrate on that, earn as much as you can so that you can facilitate being a good mum, and the rest of it will just have to wait. I, th- I, I hate this nonsense that men can't multitask. That's, that's complete... You don't have to multitask if you don't want to. <laughs> that's the difference. But it's, but it's also it's nonsense. I, if I needed to, it would, it, it, it'd be rubbish for a little while, but if I needed to, if we swap roles in my house completely, I could look after the house, I could, could clean the house and feed the kids. And, and believe it or not, most women aren't born knowing how to do all this stuff. You just have to do it because you fall on your backside once and you think, right, I'm just going to have to try my best. Oh, my God. oh wait, thank you very much indeed, Catherine. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. You right, Kelly? Okay, your mic's off, good. 08459 455 555. Could you swap with your partner? Would you be able to? Would you want to? Men can't do it, apparently. I don't buy that nonsense. I don't buy that nonsense for one second. You right, Kelly? Morning. There we go. Now, if you have a look at our Facebook page this morning, you'll see CCTV footage of a tiny petrol station attendant getting stuck into a robber. Rasika Yakanwala's shop in Clifton was targeted by two men who thought, oh, she's tiny, she's a woman, she'll be a pushover. Well, they thought wrong. Manny Buckland, the one getting a slap, and his friend, Stuart Batams, were given a total of five years for the robbery. Well, our reporter, Matt Lockwood, has been talking to Rasika. I was behind the tail, and I saw someone was coming uh, through the door, with, uh, covering all the masks and things. Then uh, they straight came over to the till and they were trying to uh, take the cash. I pushed them up. Then what I did, I took all the money and uh, split it onto the floor. You must have been in fear. I thought it's something is going to happen because uh, they were covered all the uh, face and the arms. I couldn't think anything, really, yes. I was like um, a blank, really. There were a lot of cash in the till because we do cash back and the lottery. About uh, five, six hundred were inside the tills. I thought somehow I need to um, protect the money. So you took the money out of the till, put it on the floor to make it as difficult for them as possible to get it. And then yes. what happened next then? He uh, came from, um, jump onto the other side of the till. He knocked me down and uh, I think he basically he was uh, on top of me and he collected all the money and um, yes, ran away. So he had you on the floor. Yes. When you say he was on top of you, I mean, can you explain, you know, what position were you in? 
Were you lying down? Uh, yes, laying down and uh, we have a panic alarm over there. I was trying to press this one. Really, it was a silent one. I thought it's not working. So I was trying to press it several times. And I mean, next door, my husband was there. So I ran out to uh, say the news. So the two men who committed this were sentenced to five years. Uh, and you feel that that's not long enough, is it? I mean, what sentence would have been better? About 10 years, um, I think, yes. And you don't think that this sentence will act as a discouragement, really? They'll, they'll do it again? Yeah, I think so, yes. I'm really scared to work in here now, the, alone. I mean, I guess I don't work uh, during the night time. Now we don't uh, keep cash on the till, and we have a good panic alarm, so I think I won't do a stupid thing again. It's a bit um, dangerous. Thing. I think uh, some robbers can have weapons, then it's a bit dangerous to do uh, such an attack or things, yeah. If the robber was armed, would you have done the same thing? Uh, no, I won't do the same thing. I'll give him money or ask him to take all the things and go, yes. So that was a, a quick decision that you had to make. You had to quickly judge. Is he armed? Is he not? Oh, he's not armed. Right, I'm going to defend my property. The, this is the first time I have made such an incident, so I, I didn't think really. It's a quick reaction.
BBC Three Counties Radio, uh, 08459 455 555. I'm going to do the papers with her. Yeah, me. Uh, uh, in a bit. I- I'd rather do it with someone else as well. Oh. A chaperone. Just to make sure oh, I'm really safe. really do you feel threatened? You do. You, oh, you should. Yeah. Oh, 08459 If you'd like to help out with the newspapers, you don't need them. We has them. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Gerrards Cross, the A413 is down to one lane in both directions at the M25 overbridge. That's after an accident while a lorry was trying to turn round, but it's not causing any problems on speed sensors at the moment. Both bridges over the River Great Ouse at Felmersham and Harold are closed because of flooding. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. A report into problems at Bedford Hospital's paediatric department is due to be discussed by parents today. It says the concerns of junior doctors were effectively ignored. Police have cordoned off the area in Norfolk where an American military helicopter crashed. It's been confirmed that all four crew members died. And young black people in Luton say they're stopped and searched more than other communities. Bedfordshire Police admit it's more, but says it's not disproportionately so. The weather, dry with sunny spells, a moderate breeze and a high of 12 Celsius. Under sport and in football, Sunderland beat Manchester United 2-1 in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at the Stadium of Light. It was United's third consecutive defeat in all competitions. The second leg is on the 22nd of January at Old Trafford. Stevenage are already benefiting from having their FA Cup fourth round tie against Everton televised. The club will earn £144,000. Leading scorer Francois Zoko has now signed until the end of the season and the club have turned down bids for Luke Freeman. Stevenage manager Graham Wesley says a good cup run can make a massive difference to small clubs like Stevenage. Well, you're standing at our training ground and our training ground was uh, a product of the FA Cup. So a club like Stevenage is this important. Um, we wouldn't be here today if, uh, if we hadn't got through a couple of years ago to, to round five. So um, this is what it means to football clubs like Stevenage. MK Dons have signed the Everton striker Chris Long on loan for a month. The 18-year-old is an England under-20 international. He's been brought in to replace another loanee, Patrick Bamford, who left at the weekend. Long won't be eligible for the FA Cup third-round replay against Wigan next week. In the Southern League Premier Division, Hemel Hempstead beat Biddeford 4-1 last night and Bedford Town lost 2-1 against Stourbridge. The director of the England cricket team, Andy Flower, says reports that he told the ECB they must choose either between him or Kevin Peterson are totally inaccurate. Many of this morning's papers suggest that Flower issued an ultimatum following England's Ashes series whitewash. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't forget, of course, you can go to the official BBC uh, Three Counties Radio uh, Facebook page where we've posted the video of um, that young lady. Rizika. Rizika. It's a cracking video. She's tiny. I know. And she pulls this robber over the counter. And the thing is, we, we had to be careful of the choice of words because they weren't attacking her, were no. they? So she wasn't defending herself. She was just not letting him have the money. I don't think... I would never go. I, if, I was in, if I worked in a shop, as I have done, um, I wouldn't have a go. Oh, I think I might. No, it's all insured. I know, but I go a bit... Um, I see a bit red. 
I think if someone gets my gander up, I can't be responsible for my actions. If someone gets your what? Gander up. I don't know what that means. Is that a phrase? I find myself going, Rah! and then I'll, I'll, I might, I might leap on someone. I can't rule that out. Okay, so that you can go there. There's also there, there are other uh, places on that people. Loads of people set up websites about us on Facebook, which is really nice. There's one for me. There's a, the Ian Lee 3CR fan page. Oh. 89 likes. That must have taken you ages to settle. No, I did not do it myself. I did not do it myself. 89 uh, likes. There's also the BBC 3CR listener forum. It's only got 48 likes, but oh. they say a lot of nice things about the station, so it's well worth going and having a look at that. I'll have a look. Uh, I think. 08459 455 555. We'll do the papers after this.
I've started warning the team when the microphones are going live, when yeah. I'm turning the microphones on, just because there's, we've come very, very close recently to uh, things. Um, I had a look at that BBC 3CR listener forum. It turns out he's very rude about us. I didn't realise. He's blocked me from commenting, though. This is a shame. Him. Uh, lots coming up on the show. I don't know what. Uh, who knows? Uh, who knows what's going to happen? But right now it's the newspapers with Catherine Boyle and myself. Hello, that's me. Hello there. Alex is in Leighton Buzzard. Good morning, Alex. Hello. Now, you've called in about what the story we mentioned briefly earlier on in the Daily Express. Women's work, women's work, I'll have you know, Alex, is too hard for men. Yeah. You, Are you Alex from Christmas? Yeah, I am the same. It's Alex one from Christmas. Oh, it's Alex from Christmas? Yeah. Yes, they came in. School. Oh, Alex from Christmas. Oh, Alex from Christmas that came in. Yes, we liked you. Did you? Well, <laughs> let's see if that continues. There's someone out there. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do, in inverted commas, women's work. I, I do, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the first thing that sort of springs to mind is I um, have a failed marriage behind me. Gosh. And I think part of that, a small part of that, was in this day and age, I think couples naively enter into marriage not really knowing what their roles are. Yeah. I think in, back in the day, you could say that a woman traditionally was the mum and stayed at home and the dad went out to work. And I think then the dad kind of felt it was his right to come home and put his feet up. Um, but we went into this marriage, we were both having quite good jobs and quite long, arduous days, and we would get home and I think I would still put my feet up. Whereas oh. I think a woman... When she gets home and sees a dirty carpet and washing to do, she'll do that and then watch TV. And mm-hmm. that, I think a guy will watch TV and then do the covering and, and do the washing. And I think that caused a great deal of sort of resentment because I think a guy just sort of doesn't really understand when he enters into marriage that it is 50-50. Do you know what I see as well, Alex, when, when my husband comes home after a long day? Mm. The cavalry. What does that mean? Well, I think, thank goodness he's going to come and help me out. You know, I, maybe oh, I right. can get some other stuff done. And he does. Why oh. you say help me out? Because that still seems like it's still your job. Well, I'm. I normally have not stopped because I finish this job. I'm not moaning, and I, I don't want to say. Mo- you're moaning a little bit. No, but I finish this job, and then I go home, and then I feel guilty because I've not dusted, and yeah. I've got a, I've got a toddler at home as well. I take over straight away. I don't get a nap most of the time. I, I plough on through. At seven o'clock, I collapse once the children are in bed. But you know, if he comes home at six o'clock, I think, all right, thank goodness, I can, I can, I can share some of this out. And he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't, and that you know, sometimes I wouldn't uh, if I didn't have to. I did it yesterday uh, before I went to bed. I I emptied the dishwasher, uh, cleaned up the plates, and I hoovered in the kitchen, right? Mm. And I went to bed, and I'm sleeping in separate rooms with my wife while I'm doing this ridiculous shift. Uh, and she came in, and she said, oh, thanks very much for all the stuff you did downstairs. It really makes a difference. It really does. And I thought, oh, isn't that sad that, she's, that she feels that she has to come in and thank me for emptying the but, dishwasher when I should be doing that anyway? Yeah, but also, like, Catherine says she does it when she gets home, and you said you do it before you go to bed. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of my point, and yeah. men will do it kind of... All right, I better do the dishwasher now after watching three hours of television. Yeah. Whereas a woman will get home and just immediately get into it. And but think, I'll do it though. But you, but I'll do it. And yeah, is that is that the problem? Oh, that yeah, men don't. Men, is that the problem? More mm-hmm. that men aren't doing the work, but they're, they're not doing it when women want them to. You're do not it. being seen to do it straight away. Yes. I, I can't sit in it, looking at the oh. dust. I can't sit in. I feel guilty that I'm not keeping yes. up with things with what is supposed to go. be my job. I think men don't notice it like women. No, they and don't. Then, right. After the woman got home and does another two hours, she's thinking like, oh, that. 
that. What, what the hell do you think he's doing? And, that's <laughs> and, then, and then there's an argument. So, so would you? I think we're onto something here. Yeah. Quick, let's get the doctors and the psychologists involved. Catherine, are you saying, as a lady, and I know you're a lady because I've seen medical evidence, <laughs> that you you would rather go home, clean stuff up, stuff up, and then sit down for two hours in a clean room? Yeah. Because I would rather go home, sit in the dirty room for two or three hours, and then clean up and then go to bed. I can't sit in it. I can't sit wow. in it. I get home. Do you know I get home sometimes, and um, the grandparents look after the children, and they do an absolutely fantastic job. But because it's not people who live in the house, they don't always know where things are. Yeah. So I'll see, you know, I need to put things away. And it, and again, I'm not moaning about them, but I need to do all that stuff, yeah. put the tie backs on the curtains, all that sort of stuff, before I can relax, even think about it. You relaxing. need to chill out a bit more. That's what it is. Have a drink, smoke if a I fat don't. one. Just chill, don't do that. <laughs> but you need to chill out a bit. Maybe I do. I think women. I think women need to chill out. But then, if someone comes around and the house is a mess, I feel like that's my problem and my fault. Alex, my thank you for that. We still like you. We still like. We, we I stum- like him more. I like him more. We've stumbled onto something here. This is it? We've- women can't sit in mess. Men love it. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Oh, nice cup of tea. Thank you very much. What the flipping hell is this? Your tea bag split. What? Um, I can't drink that. You have to drink it through gritted teeth. I'm not going to drink that. Drink. Yeah. Uh, could you not get any sellotape or anything? What? You can sellotape a tea bag. Of course you can. But then surely then it won't be absorbent. Well, no, just or the, the rip. Absorbent, or whatever it is. Oh, goodness sakes. No, thank you. I'll take take that back. It's only a tiny bit. I caught it before it split. It's just like a grand's cup of tea. You just can't drink the bottom of it because it'll have bits in. Where else you spotted in the papers, Catherine? Um, nothing, I've not had oh. a chance to look. Oh, I've okay. been doing the washing, the ironing, I've the dusting. Something. Here we go, here's about grands. Here we go. Page three of the mail. Don't make your kids kiss granny. Outcriers, sex education chiefs say a high five or wave is safer. Now, it was always one of the things... A that, high five? High five, granny. Are uh, we in I, California? No one liked kissing their grandmother in the 70s and 80s. I didn't. Well, I did when I was older. I didn't when I was when I was sort of seven, eight, nine. I remember once getting told off for pointing out my great grandma had a moustache. Yes, moustache. Uh, but I say to the boys, I, I don't make my boys kiss their grandparents. Sometimes they want to. I say, Are you going to give Nanny Linda a kiss? Give her a kiss? No. Ah, disappointing. Uh, but it's saying in here, uh, who is this? Lucy Emerson, co uh, coordinator, coordinator of the Sex Education Forum, says that uh, it, uh, by encouraging your children to kiss their grandparents. It blurs the boundaries of what is acceptable when it comes to physical contact. She claims encouraging a youngster to blow a kiss, high five, or wave to a relative instead will help them avoid future sexual exploitation. Oh, for goodness sake. Is she sake. suggesting there's some correlation between saying kiss your granny and being forced into doing something you wouldn't want to do when you're older? Yeah, pretty much. Being compelled to do something, emotional blackmail, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's if she's she... going to take emotional blackmail out of our armoury as parents, we have had it. We ain't got nothing. What is wrong with kissing... I wait, 459, 455, What on earth is wrong with kissing grandma and grandpa, for goodness sakes? Nothing. We, I, I wish my grandparents were still alive. I'd kiss them every single day. I've got one grandma oh. left and I'd kiss her now if uh, you were here. I'd kiss her as well. She's hot. <laughs> She'd give you a slap. Uh, that's why. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Do your kiss, ki- your kids kiss their grandparents willingly or begrudgingly? It's all part of the joy of life. Have you found anything in the newspapers? Oh yeah, there was a thing about DNA, wasn't oh, there? No, not really. It's, it's, it's not a surprise that we do this section at about half past six every morning. So I don't quite understand why. Oh, picture of the Pope with a lamb on his shoulders. Yes. I don't know why he's doing that. I don't think that's the normal way to carry um, livestock, but no. if it works for him... I'm going to abort this. <laughs> I would. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, things starting to build up now around Junction 21 for the M1. Also on the North Orbital there, things are heavy at that roundabout as you join at 21A. In Gerrards Cross, the A413 is down to one lane in both directions at the M25 overbridge. That's after an accident while a lorry was trying to turn round. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.45, it's uh, Wednesday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report into Bedford Hospital's children's department says doctors' concerns were effectively ignored. Young black people in Luton say they are stopped and searched more than other communities. In sport, the director of the England cricket team, Andy Flower, has dismissed reports that he told the England and Wales cricket board they must stick with him or Kevin Peterson. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Do your kids kiss their grandparents? Well, apparently, it's opening up to the seedy world of sexual exploitation. Sexploitation, as I like to call it. Saves a little bit of time. We'll find out more about that after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, a brief bit of respite expected today. Some drier and some brighter weather. We have clear skies this morning, so when it comes up, the sun that is, it should be a blue sky and we will enjoy the sunshine. The temperature still getting up to around 10 Celsius later, so still warmer than it should be at at this time of year. Still have a bit of a breeze out there, but with the sunshine, it's just going to feel that little more pleasant than it has done. Now, the cloud will gradually start to increase this afternoon. We may notice it just before the sun sets, but it will continue continue to increase overnight tonight and with it the arrival of some rain from the west. Some of the bursts of rain could actually be quite heavy. Minimum temperature not so bad though, dropping down to around 7, maybe 8 Celsius so still saying fairly mild. Now these this rain and the showers still around tomorrow morning, they're going to pepper us through the course of tomorrow but through the afternoon the wind should start to ease and also it should turn a little brighter tomorrow afternoon. The maximum temperature again 10 Celsius, 50 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that I wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely, you've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Alison Krauss first thing in the morning. Who could argue with that? No one. That's who. That's who. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Now, here's a question. Have you ever been stopped and searched by the police? Well, yeah, I have, but years and years ago. But maybe because I'm a middle-aged white man. Well, young, one young black man from Luton says he's fed up with being challenged because of the colour of his skin. Nathan is questioning the current stop-and-search policy after Bedfordshire Police admitted that you're statistically more likely to be challenged by their officers if you're black, although the force denies its approach is disproportionate. Nathan joins me in the studio. Morning, Nathan. Oh, let me, if I turn your microphone on, that works a little bit better. There we go. What made you decide to speak out? What's been happening? Um, really and truly, just the amount of... Um, stop and searches that actually take place in the local area and the quality of the stop and searches um, as you can see on that little form of paper there yeah you give me a yellow form what is this yeah that's that's basically the form you get when you um, get stopped and searched that's meant to tell you all the information like the reason why you're getting stopped and searched um, what officers stops and searched you etc but with that one now what they've what they've done is literally just taken all the details that I've read out all my details and then just ripped it out of the page and, and gave it okay, to me so there's a box here that says uh, grounds authorization for the stop and account reason described below that's blank mm-hmm. um any other details that's blank officer identity that's blank and all they've got is your name and address yeah so when when it comes to is that stop and search or is that stop an account which is slightly different stop isn't and it search yeah stop an account i'm not i'm not 100 but that one there was an actual search like they search you. search yeah how many times have you been stopped and searched <laughs> and more times than i can remember Give us a rough number. Five, ten, twenty? Um, yeah, between five and ten times recently. Okay. Have you spoken to Bedfordshire Police about this and, and what have they said? Yeah, we um we done an interview. We we got the chance to interview them, um and they said that um the chances of us getting searched due to our skin colour um is is low. But at the same time that's only from that's only from the office. That's only from the office view, you know what I'm trying to say? That's not the ground level police officer view that... that um. So why do you think in. you're getting stopped? Personally, yeah, the way I dress, maybe the the, the colour of my skin and just maybe even um, just how many people I'm with or what kind of part of the part of the area I'm, mm. I'm in you know what I'm saying and it's just all the time more non-stop let me uh, describe the way you dress you got uh, jeans on you got black shoes you got a, a puffer jacket and you're wearing a hoodie mm-hmm. and you're black mm-hmm. and you think those are the reasons yeah 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 how does that make you feel it's upsetting man knowing that obviously I can't just be myself and do what I want to do without, without having to go through the harassment you know what I'm saying 
And what's it like when you get stopped and searched? It's not nice at all, man. They don't treat. They don't. It's not. A, it's, it's not a thing like um. They don't treat you with respect how they like. They don't follow their policy at all. Well, half of them anyway. They don't follow. They don't follow what they're meant to be doing at all. It's always abusive language or you know what I'm saying or something along them lines. Without using any bad language, what kind of things are they saying to you? Um. You know, just little, just little, little names and little like how they come across isn't how police officers are meant to. You know, what I'm saying they're meant to be here to protect and serve. Yet it really feels like they're here just to, you know, what I'm saying stay. I don't know, stay on our case. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. and really and truly the criminals is out there, and uh, you know, what I'm saying they're just <laughs> hassling us all the time, and um, that's what it comes down to, man. And do you, when they do stop and search you, do you what do you say to them? Again, I, I, I ask that each time. Um, obviously, the first couple of times I wasn't so, um, I wasn't so clued up as of what to say and what, what I can say and what to do when they're trying to stop and search me. Um, now I know. Um, a little more, like, just simply about my rights. Obviously, I went and go and found out um, what I could say to them. And, yeah, when they do stop me, I just, I just now, I'm more comfortable, obviously. I just want to know the grounds and all of the all of the reasons why they're stopping me. Hmm. And then if it's all, if it's all, like, if the reason is there, so if there's proof of what they're talking about, then by all means, they can, they got, they have to do their job, you know what I'm saying? But when it's things like this, they, mm. they haven't given no reason, so I'm here thinking, well, it, has that even been recorded as I've been stopped and searched, or is it just they've seen me and thought, yeah, he looks like a, the kind of person who would, you know what I'm saying, find something on, so they've got out, and obviously the harassment starts from there. How old are you, Nathan? 17. 17. Do, there will be people listening to this who might be saying, let me just put this to you for us and see what your, your reaction is, that there are a significant, significant number of crimes in this area committed by young black people, so that's why the police are more likely to stop and search you. What would you, what would you say to those people? Well, that's... The action of a, 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 select, a group of people can't be the reason for the way you treat the, the whole... The, the, that person that person as a group if you know what I'm trying to say because it's not every um, young black person who's causing these crimes the same way it's not every um, when you look at other sections of of, um, crime it's not every person in that like you know what I'm saying it's going to be it's going to be someone but just because of the colour of their skin they shouldn't be the rest of the people shouldn't be judged just because of their actions if you know what I'm trying to say that's how I see it anyway that's how I feel about it let me carry on playing Dell's advocate for a second and I don't know the statistics but if there are more crimes being committed let's say by young black people I don't know if that's true or not let's, let's assume it is for this then don't the police have a right don't don't the police have a responsibility to search stop and search young black men if significantly more crime is being committed by young black yeah, men yeah i think if it was being that if it was being carried out from top to bottom properly um if if that was filled in from top to bottom i think with a with right. a with the crime that has been committed cuz right now i think what they're doing is they're just literally stopping to fish for information, so to or to fish for more um, leads on, you know, what I'm trying mm. to say certain things because it's not like they. Some certain times they'll try um, ask you 
other kind of stuff you know what I'm saying about other things if you know information about other kind of things so really it's just them putting you in the category from they've seen you when really I don't want to be I'm not I'm because I'm not involved in that kind of stuff I don't want to be put in that category and for people to always be walking past and see me getting stopped and searched by the police it just makes you look like a criminal you know what I'm trying to say when they especially when they got you there and it's in the cuffs and the, you know what I'm saying and also um on the same subject they um the way they go about stopping like stopping us if um when they like recently they've gone to stop me I was on my way back from work and they've um I've come across the one in the roundabout in um Skimport and they've just tried to mount the curb it was me and another mm. guy and the guy in front of me is riding and they've tried to mount the curb to stop him from um, traveling and because he's kept going now one of them opened their door and then the doors hit the bike and he's obviously had to stop then and then he's got off and spoken to them and then that was it that he didn't get no form like that he didn't get no you know what I'm saying so hey so listen we have to end it there we're out of time I appreciate you coming in thank you very much indeed no 08459 455 555 would love your experiences with this please Let's get the travel news now. News for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also struggling between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport all looking good though, no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. We'd love your stories about stop and search. 08459 455 555. Is Nathan right to think that it happens more because he's a young black man? We'll find out more after the news with Jane. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Report on Bedford Hospital says the concerns of doctors were ignored. Inquest opens into the death of a man in police custody in Luton and young black people in Luton say they're stopped more often by the police. BBC Three Counties Radio. A report into problems at Bedford Hospital's paediatric department is due to be discussed by parents today. It says the concerns of junior doctors were effectively ignored. They were withdrawn by the head of training over concerns about their safety, leading to the suspension of some children's services last summer. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes has more. This report, which was commissioned by the hospital, says the board were aware of the concerns about training in the department and were warned on three occasions the trainees could be withdrawn but failed to act properly. Poor communication between trainees and clinicians has also been highlighted, as has a complacency within the hospital which points to a, quote, high tolerance of unsafe practice. Police have cordoned off the area in Norfolk where an American military helicopter crashed. They're concerned the ammunition on board the aircraft may pose a risk to the public. It's been confirmed all four crew members died. An inquest is due to be opened today into the death of a man from Luton in police custody. 39-year-old Leon Briggs died after he was detained under the Mental Health Act. The Independent Police Complaints Commission is investigating. Gail Sanderson reports. 
Five police officers and two members of civilian staff have been interviewed under criminal caution by IPCC investigators on suspicion of offences including gross negligence and unlawful manslaughter. The IPCC is examining all police contact with Mr Briggs, including the decision to take him to the police station and to transport him in a police van rather than by ambulance. The inquest is due to be opened and adjourned at the coroner's court in Hatfield this morning. The search is continuing this morning for a man from Leighton Buzzard who hasn't been seen since New Year's Day. 37-year-old Neil Devlin from Townbridge Mill was reported missing by his neighbours and has failed to turn up for work at Morrison's. Young black people in Luton say they're stopped and searched more often than other communities. Bedfordshire Police admit it's more, but says it's not disproportionately so. 17-year-old Nathan isn't sure why they keep stopping him. The way I dress, maybe the the, the colour of my skin and just maybe even um, just how many people I'm with or what kind of part of the part of the area I'm in, you know what I'm saying? And it's just all the time, more non-stop. In football, the FA Cup fourth round will earn Stevenage £144,000 when they take on Everton at Broadhall Way. It means they're able to hold on to leading scorer Francois Zoko, who's signed until the end of the season, and Luke Freeman, who's attracted interest from other clubs. The weather, a dry day with sunny spells and a moderate breeze, feeling mild with temperatures up to 12 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. The first hour has done gone. Wowzers. Wowzers. Lots to talk about this morning. If you want to have your say, do give me a call. I'll give you the contact details in a bit. We'll be bringing you the latest on Bedford Hospital. The management at the time leading up to the closure of some of its children's services have been told off. A young black man from Luton is speaking out against police stop and search policy. We just had Nathan in. He feels he's being unfairly targeted because of the colour of his skin. And we'll also be hearing from the tiny shopkeeper who gave a robber a darn good slap. You can see the footage on the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text. 81333, start your text 3CR. Or, 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 or. The best way to get in touch, of course, is to give me a phone call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, just before the news, uh, we spoke to Nathan, who's a 17-year-old uh, black lad, who is being stopped by the police. He reckons he's been stopped about five, six, seven times, something like that. Stop and search. And that they've not been filling in the forms properly. Well, if this has happened to you, I haven't been stopped and searched... It's got to be about 19 years. 19 years. We were in the car and our car got, got pulled over and they stopped us and they searched us and they searched the car. I don't think it's happened since... I'm white and middle class. Are they less likely to stop me? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Your experiences with this, please. Norbit's in Luton. Morning, Norbit. Good morning, sir. Norbit, Very good morning. Good morning to you. What would you like to say? Um, the reason I have called this early morning, listening to this young man, is because I have been a police officer in, in my originating country, which is Hungary. Oh, yes, in Hungary. So yeah. I have an insight let's say, both sides of the story. 
because we always have to hear both sides of the story. Of course you do, Nobit, yes. Right. The long, young gentleman mentioned he lives in an area where he uh, frequently being stabbed. Yeah. Probably there is a reason for police officers being in that area and uh, doing these uh, searches. On the other hand, um, police officers in this country are not armed, so the, they need to be much more cautious with every subject of the search than, than we do on the other side of, the, of Europe. So less protection but for he, them. He, he yes. feels that he's being stopped just because he's black. Is that no. fair? No, that's absolutely unfair. Color doesn't matter. Uh, I would be always looking as an officer for the behaviour of the subject of the stop. Do you think... I mean, Nathan was wearing a hoodie. Now, there's nothing illegal against wearing a hood up. I do it sometimes if it's really, really cold. But do you think people can make it easier on themselves by not wearing their hoods? Um, I would point out that if they are being stopped by an officer, it would be polite to remove that. We'll be polite. Norbit, listen, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. I think part of Nathan's complaint as well was that the stop and search form wasn't being filled out properly. Now, I've never filled out a stop and search form. I've never received one. If you, can you give me a call? 08459 455 555. And the form he showed us was for stop and account, which I think is different. It said stop and search at top, on the top. Oh, did it? It did say stop and search on the top, OK, yeah. well, we need to speak to a copper or we someone need a copper. Knows, I think. We need a copper, please. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now, Bedford Hospital's leadership has been described as weak in a damning independent report into the problems in the paediatric department last summer. The hospital's board effectively ignored the concerns of junior doctors who were withdrawn by the head of training over concerns about their safety, according to the report which was commissioned by the hospital itself. A meeting involving stakeholders and parents is taking place today where the recommendations in the report will be discussed. Joined by Dave Hodgson, Mayor of Bedford, on the line. Morning, Dave. Morning. Keep talking about this, don't we? It seems their concerns yeah. have been ignored for years. How worrying yeah. is that? Um, very worrying. And, and, and actually, the, the meeting with stakeholders was held yesterday. It's the board meeting that's happening today. Right. So I got the opportunity to be there and listen to uh, what the hospital leadership was saying. And um, the report lays, you know, utterly um, lays bare the unacceptable failings which saw the junior doctors removed, and it's appalling it's allowed to happen. The training of junior doctors didn't comply with the General Medical Council's standards. That sounds pretty worrying. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, all the, the good news is, I suppose, that, that, that all the recommendations in the report are being totally accepted by the hospital leadership, and as they should do. Um, and um, the progress has already been made on addressing some of the problems. Now, uh, Stephen Conroy, of course, is uh, in charge of the hospital now, and I think he has been since about the end of 2012. He's coming on the show in about an hour's time. Mm -hmm. A lot of this is historical. A lot of this happened before he took over. But the report does highlight that he should have been made aware of it. Let me quote the report here. Even when improvements were noted at the end of December 2012, senior leaders within the Trust should have been alert to the history of concerns. And it would seem that he wasn't. Yeah, and it also seems the board wasn't. I mean, actually, it says in the report that uh, issues were raised by the medical director of the board and they didn't actually follow that through. Um, and, that, you know, it, it's utterly unacceptable. The moves we have had recently have actually improved. Um, they've actually addressed some of the issues. The CQC report, later report, is um, way, way better than it was in July. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've got to, they've got to move forward. It is unacceptable. They accepted it's unacceptable. And they've apologised for the appalling uh, 
process they put through um, patients and youngsters and families. Uh, it, it looks like, I mean, the hospital says it's taking action. Are you convinced that they're doing enough? Do you have uh, faith in the people in charge, Dave? I mean, yesterday was a good start in actually putting people in, being more open and transparent about what they're doing. And then if we look at the external stuff, I mean, one of the criticisms was that it it relied too much on external people coming in and having a look and not a lot of it actually reviewing it itself. And that's one of them. That, that's the only moderate concern that's left uh, as all the concerns that had from the CQC, the people that check the hospital. So if we look at the CQC stuff um, in terms of what their latest report is. It's it's you know waived in six months. They've moved massively, but the report does say that you know, it's all right to move that. They have to continue that movement, and we need reassurance as a public that they're going to continue that movement. Bedford isn't a failed hospital, it shouldn't close, and we need to continue to work with them and make sure they stick to what the recommendations of this report say. I mean, this report is pretty bad. I'm flicking through it now. It it points out that the board and the management didn't listen to doctors, there were weak clinicians, complacent, risk to patients, lack of curiosity, the kind of hints and arrogance. It's a big... It's not great reading, is it? No, it's, um, it's appalling reading. And, um, you know, it's utterly unacceptable. They have said that. They haven't tried to say and make any excuses at all. Um, and they've actually said that they're going to take all the recommendations and implement them. And yesterday uh, we, we had some indication of where they're going because they've already started those recommendations and putting those forward. And in all the areas there is improvement. A lot of it still has to be continued, though. Dave, good to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time, as always. Uh, that's uh, Dave Hodgson there, who uh, the mayor of Bedford. And um, well, hopefully things are on the turn. We'll be speaking to Stephen Conroy later on in the show from Bedford Hospital, chief executive of the hospital, to find out exactly what's going on and how he reacts to this report. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just been sent um, some stats about um, stop and search from Paul Scoynes. Thank you for these, Paul. Uh, we're talking about stop and search. And uh, if you're uh, the black, are you more likely to be stopped and searched? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Between two thousand and six and twenty ten, the number of stop and searches across ethnicities increased, according to the Ministry of Justice. Higher rates of stop and searches were recorded for all black minority ethnic groups, except for Chinese. Uh, than for the white group. While there were decreases across the last five years in the overall number of arrests of white people, arrests of those in the black and Asian group increased. Per 1,000 of the population, black people were stopped and searched seven times more than white people. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Are you black or Asian? Have you been stopped and searched more than your white friends? I say I've not been stopped for 19 years. White, middle class, now a middle-aged bloke. It's unlikely I'm going to be. Isn't it? Isn't it? 08459 555. Sam's in Luton. Morning, Sam. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. What would you like to yeah. say? Well, I was just listening to that lad rambling on there. I mean, just talking, not a rubbish. That was, I that mean, was hang on a second, for those who missed it, that was, that was Nathan. He's a young uh, black gentleman yeah, who's been yeah. stopped uh, about six times. Well, his colour's not important to me. It may be to you or him, not to me. It's just why was he, why was he rambling on, Sam? Well, I mean, he said four or five, and of course you embellished that. You said four, five, six or seven. No, then. Sam. You added a bit to it. No, Sam, you weren't listening. I, I, shall I, shall I yeah, remind I you? I was listening. You said five, six or seven. No, Sam, you weren't listening. Shall I remind you what was said? 
Because I remember. Yeah, I knew exactly what was said. Well, you don't. I'm not deaf nor, st- nor stupid. I, I suspect. Mean, I suspect you may be at least one of those. Five Sam. Five times he was stopped. You okay. said five, six, no. seven. No, Sam. You, Sam. No, I terminated the conversation. Sam. Goodbye. Sam. He's hung up. What? I, I just the first point Sam couldn't handle the argument the first point he was wrong on what he said and he just contradicted himself let me explain what Nathan said because I was paying attention Sam not saying you're thick and deaf but there's a strong chance that you're definitely one of those things what he said was didn't say he'd been stopped four times Sam as you said he said he'd been stopped several times I asked how many he said he couldn't remember I said what was it between five five six seven he said yeah between five and ten he said recently. Yeah, recently. So that's so not the total number. He said between five and ten. So, Sam, if you want to come back on and finish the conversation with the facts, you can do. Or if you just want to ramble on complete nonsense and then hang up, then you're welcome to do that as well. But that's, that doesn't serve any purpose. If you want to, to take the conversation further, Sam, then you're more than welcome. I'll give Sam another chance this morning. If Sam wants to come back on, he's more than welcome to. We'll give him another chance. Maybe he got a little bit excited talking to me. Perhaps he's nervous. Perhaps he's a fan of Big Brother and he saw me the other night and he couldn't believe he was talking to someone who'd worked so closely with Ryland Clark. It's possible. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Coming up to a quarter past seven on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Gerrards Cross, the A413 is down to one lane in both directions at the M25 overbridge. As after an accident while a lorry was trying to turn round there. The M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also struggling between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. I always worry that when Alice comes onto the show because she listens she's done from a different studio she listens to like the minute before she comes on that we're always just doing utter utter nonsense when she comes on so she thinks she's going doing all these really important sort of breakfast news stories and then she comes to us and we're just talking rubbish should we pretend next time we'll, from about two minutes yeah. distance we'll start talking about something intellectual we will do, we'll do exactly that thank you very much indeed it's 7.16 it's Wednesday the 8th of January I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio a report into Bedford Hospital's children's department says doctors concerns were effectively ignored the inquest into the death of leon briggs who died after being arrested in luton opens this morning in football stevenage will earn 144,000 pounds from their televised fa cup fourth round game with everton the weather today a dry and bright day with a high of 12 celsius 08 459 455 555 bbc three counties radio After three of our local teams win FA Cup action last weekend. Stevenage is surely through to the fourth round of the FA Cup. It's Patrick Bamford in his final game in an MK Don shirt who equalises. And it's Sean Murray who gets the golden goal in the FA Cup for the Hornets. It's back to the league. On Saturday, Three Counties Sport brings you live commentary on Watford, MK Dons and Stevenage. Plus, there's more live cup commentary as Luton are in FA Trophy action away to Cambridge. Luton Town get their reward for an excellent start here at Kenilworth Throw. Choose your local team Saturday from 2 with Three Counties Sports. Hell miss. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Dennis is on the line. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Ian. Yes. 
Now then. What? What about fat people who, fat men who can't cook and do all the rest of it? Oh, now, look, this is, this I, is, uh, I, I, hang on, hang on, let me, let me set up for the casual listener. Yes. Uh, page three of The Express. Women's work is too hard for men. Half of men would hate to swap roles with their wives as it would be too hard. Well, that implies that possibly the other half wouldn't mind swapping with them. Well, I wouldn't. When when I was working, uh, I, like you did, I arrived home and expected everything to be on the table. But now I've retired, it's a different matter. Um, I help. I'm learning to burn food like my wife. Well done. Uh, and, and I know how to use a washing machine which uh, she is having a struggle with at the moment because we used to have a very complicated washing machine. This one's so damn simple, she, she thinks it won't work. I hate... I, I, I don't mind doing the washing. i tell you what I hate, is I hate getting the washing out of the machine. I hate that. Oh, well, that's easy. Well, it's... it's You've got to hang them up and dry... I no. washed some jumpers last night in the washing machine. Yes. Yes, that's going to go wrong, isn't it? Yes, you need hangers to put them on. No, my wife does all... I do all the carrying upstairs to the airing place, and she hangs them out. Mm. Because otherwise, um, she'd have to iron them. As I said the other day, I don't think, I don't think we need to iron T-shirts. Think don't, like don't, Dennis, don't, don't get us back on the ironing tip, please, for goodness <laughs> sake. We, got, we, had, we, we registered over 540 compl- 543 complaints, to be precise, uh, about our ironing special on Monday. The only ironing I've ever done was while I was in the Navy. Oh, there we go. I had to iron some things there, like my collar and things like that. But I don't want to know about ironing. Hey, Dennis, it, it turns out I've been polishing my shoes wrong this whole time. Have you? Yeah. Why? Well, I would always apply the polish with the cloth. Oh, no, no, no. You apply it with a brush. Yeah, put it on with a brush. Put it on with a brush, leave it to set for five minutes, then brush it off with another brush, then you might give it a little buff with a cloth if you want. That's right, yeah. Unbelievable. I've been doing it wrong for, for 35 years. Oh, well, that again, that was something I learned when I went in the Navy. Oh, yeah, it would be. But, but you learned a well, few other things in the Navy, didn't you, eh, sailor? Oh, well, no, certainly, certainly, yes. Why not? Why not indeed, exactly. Thank you very much indeed, Dennis. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Um, Carl in Wellingborough says, can you let Nathan know that we do know what he's saying? Nathan was the young gentleman who um, uh, is black and he's 17 and he's been stopped and searched about five, six times. Between five and ten times recently. Uh, and he feels it's because of his colour. Carl's agreeing with him. I, if you, I, I, This is a tough one for me to talk about, being a white, middle-aged, middle-class person, because it, it don't happen to me. It doesn't happen to me. If you are a white, middle-aged, middle-class person, or, or a, a, a young white person, do you get stopped a lot? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number, if you want to give me a call. We're talking about this because of Nathan, who came in to the studio earlier on. He's uh, questioning the police stop-and-search policy, saying he's fed up being challenged because of the colour of his skin. Well, Bedfordshire uh, police admitted you're statistically more likely to be challenged by their officers if you're black, although the force denies its approach is disproportionate. Well, now, uh, excuse me, I have to cough. Bear with me a second. Joined now by, I do apologise, joining me now is Peter Nehru, who is the former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Uh, it seems that uh, Nathan might have a point, that uh, as a black person, he's being stopped more often. Is that right? Well, that would, uh, if you look at the Runnymede Trust, which keeps a monitor on every police force around the country, the bald statistics uh, would suggest he's probably right. Uh, it, it seems that the figures differ according to who you ask. Yeah, um, there, 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 are, there are 
annually published figures. There's a requirement to to, to publish them, and and they and they come out uh, they come out round about the spring every year, looking back at the last year. They they are they are slightly complicated to interpret. And I say there's a there's a very good website that Runnymede Trust runs, which actually interprets them in simple form. And the Bedfordshire one shows it shows that the disproportionality is there, and it is in most horses as well. Why is it there? Why are black people being stopped more than white people? Um, well, part part of well part of that is uh, is is to do with the with the process of recording. Um, part of that is to do with uh, the, the the way that police officers go about their job. But if you also look at uh, Bedfordshire's Bedfordshire's approach to setting out their own statistics on their own website, also points out that the the outcomes, the what actually happens with the arrests, uh, works out about even. I, I, I understand how the force is trying to is trying to point that one out. I still don't understand why black people are being stopped more. Well, there's there's a, there's a are they more likely to be committing crime? Not, I, is no, it, no, oh. it's not. It's 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 not down to that. There are there are when we when we had this, the same issues uh, in Thames Valley when I was the chief, we did a very careful study looking at. Uh, who was about when the police were about trying to pre- trying to prevent crime in particular places, and discovered that the the, the population in those areas, this was in Reading and Slough, at the times when the cops were actually doing the stops, was actually disproportionately uh, black and ethnic minority. I.e., there were there were more youngsters, particularly youngsters from black and ethnic minority communities, in those places at those times when the police were trying to do the stops, uh, and the stops in those circumstances, in those very specific locations, were not disproportionate in that sense so there was a there was an artifact of the if you if you if you count the total population yep. as opposed to the population in places where the crime has been committed you end up with a different result um i would say however that both the that thames valley and a number of other forces have been under a lot of pressure to change the equation and one of the factors that's undoubtedly changed things over the last period of time has been the terrorist powers which have which certainly skewed the thames valley figures uh, uh, Nathan, who came in, has been stopped, he, say, he says, about six times, five, six times. Yeah. Uh, and I've been stopped once in my life. It does yeah. seem odd, doesn't it? It does seem unfair. Is, is there and I'm, is there still an inherent racism within the police that, that is causing people to do this, police officers to do this? No, if you look at, I mean, the HMIC has been doing a major, the inspectorate has been doing a major uh, review of every police force. Uh, and it's stop and search. And the one for Bedfordshire, you can read online. It actually speaks well for Bedfordshire. Uh, the top team, uh, and I was involved in the recruitment of the chief uh, with, the, with the Police and Crime Commission, and the top team uh, uh, take, take the issue incredibly seriously. Uh, they put a lot of effort into, into, into doing training, and it's a major issue that the force monitors. So they, there's, there's not the kind of embedded problem that, uh, that mm. was pointed out in the Lawrence report, uh, but it is a complicated issue. I mean, this is, this is the number one issue sat on Bill Bratton's desk, the new commissioner of New York, uh, together with his mayor in in New York, it's it's an issue that every police force everywhere in the world uh, has on has on the desk, and it one it's one that doesn't actually benefit by simply focusing on mm. figures. You actually have to think about how people perceive what's happening to them, and I think that your callers are it's exactly that it's perception, not numbers, that matters. Uh, one final thing, uh, uh, Peter. D- d- when Nathan showed me his stop and search form, it hadn't didn't have a reason filled in for why he'd been stopped, and it didn't have the police officer's name. Is that right. wrong? Yeah, that would be wrong. If that, if the, if it was a section one, which is the which is the legal power under the Police and Criminal Evidence Act, the officer must state the reasons, uh, and they also should identify who they are. I mean, not just it, in in reality, focusing on the legality, the precise way the form is filled out. 
is one helpful thing. But also, there should be a proper personal interaction between the officer and the, and the citizen, which the citizen comes away thinking they've been treated fairly. Mm. Peter, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Peter Nehru, the former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police. Well, Justin Dealey has been out speaking to black members of the community in Luton. Morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. What have they been saying to you? Well, they, they, they agree with your previous guests earlier on. I've heard um, a number of similar stories, but uh, this is perhaps the most extreme. You're about to hear from Paula. Paula is 26, and I asked her how many times that she's been stopped and searched by the police in Luton. Probably every other week. Like, they're terrible. They just... I think it's just harassment. Pure harassment. Seriously, every other week? Yeah. So is my brother. He got he, he got um, stopped and searched seven times in one week. Yeah. I mean, nothing ever has been found on you or your brother or, or linked you to, to any crimes whatsoever? Nope. Um, it's just... I, th- I believe it's because we're black. Honestly. Yeah. You can think of no other reason why? No. I... Just, because of all this gun crime and things, they associate guns with black people, so from there, it's, they just stop and search everyone. It must be humiliating for you. Yeah, it's very embarrassing, you know. Like, my, my family, we've just all had enough. Um, we have no faith in the police because instead of them going to catch re- real criminals, they don't. You know, they're stopping and searching people and there's no cause for it, no reason to it, and they're really ignorant when they do actually search you as well. Like, literally, you're a bit of me and they... You know, they invade, invade your um, privacy, pretty much. And have you said to them before you pulled me over just because I'm black? Yeah, and they said make a complaint, if that's how you feel. And you've said to them, look, this keeps on happening time and time again. You must have it on record, I've done nothing. What have they said to that? It's their job, and that they have the right to do it. So they're giving you no reason at all, they're just saying we want to stop and search you. Yeah. How long does it take to, to go through that process? Um, by the time they've done the paperwork, about 20 minutes... By the time you've actually told them you've got nothing on you, whatever else, you've got to take off your jacket in the cold and they want to search your coat. And then, what is it, you've got to lean against something and sometimes they want your shoes to tap out your shoes, you know. It's, it's a joke. It's disgusting. So what is your message to the police this morning? Because I guarantee you right now they are listening to this. What is your message to them? <laughs> My message to Luton Police Station is find yourselves decent criminals or do a better job in catching them. Well, strong words there, Just. Absolutely. As I say, I think that's perhaps uh, the most extreme story that I've heard. Certainly uh, the case of her brother being stopped, as she says, seven times in one week. And this whole process takes 20 minutes and it can be humiliating if your friends and family are seeing you at the side of the road. But um, certainly black members of the community in Lewiston are saying to me they are being stopped and searched more than ever and they're not happy about it. Have you ever been stopped, Justin? Never, never. You know, it's, it's interesting talking to people this morning. A lot of people saying when I was younger, uh, I was stopped. When I was younger, never once was I pulled to the side and searched by the police. I've been searched at football grounds, but everyone has, you know, some grounds you go to, of course, you are going to be searched. But never have the police stopped me and searched me. That has never happened, not once. Happened to me once, about 20 years ago. We got our car pulled over and we were stopped and the car was searched and we were searched and everything was fine and dandy. Uh, we've, I have come across police officers. I've been pulled over for driving and stuff like that. And sometimes they can be, sometimes they can be very charming and very polite. Mm. Sometimes they can be a bit full of themselves. Yeah, again, as Paula was saying there, she feels like uh, she's been treated like a piece of meat. Um, her words, not mine. And, you know, when you were pulled over, Ian, I'm sure that, that you would go along with the fact that, that it can be a humiliating experience. And certainly uh, the people that I've been talking to would uh, will back that up. Justin, mm. who does your... Does your mum still do your washing? Um, oh. Bits and pieces, oh, yes. Oh, no, yes. really? You're in why your not? mid-30s now. Yes, why not? Mummy's boy. Unbelievable. There's a st- great story in the, the, the experience 
Express today, if you can get some voices on this. Women's work is too hard for men. Half of men would hate to swap roles with their wives as it would be too hard. Yes. They'd struggle to juggle childcare with work, cooking, doing the food shop and household chores. I don't know if that's true. I've, I've, I've well, said this before. I would, um, I would easily swap with my wife. If my wife earned more than me, I'd, I'd give up this nonsense in a heartbeat. I go along with the report, but what I would say, I've got some voices already. You're going to hear those after Lovely. 8 o'clock this morning. They are outraged. Men are saying this is absolute nonsense because they can do those jobs and they can do them well. Oh, Justin, we'll speak to you later on. Look, Alice Glossop is about to come and join us online. Can we, can we just talk about something intelligent? Yes, yes. And so that is, of course, the reason why the international banking crisis uh, did devolve within the situation. Partly, uh, apropos to 2008, but of course, ipso facto 2010 uh, as well. Absolutely, of course. Now we have got the uh, latest figures coming up after eight o'clock this morning. Justin, thanks for your really intelligent uh, chat there. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you very much indeed. Let's get the travel with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties. It's a classy. Radio. It's a classy show we've got here, Alice. I don't know if you know, but we do really intelligent, um, clever stories about banks and things. I can see that. I feel terrible for interrupting such an intelligent conversation. You should feel bad, but but, <laughs> but, but please carry on with your own news. Well, on the M25 anti-clockwise, things looking very slow now between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. A1M southbound also struggling between nine for Letchworth and seven for Stevenage on the. Speed sensors. Still problems in Gerrard's Cross, the A413 down to one lane in both directions at the M25 overbridge after an accident. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. A report into problems at Bedford Hospital's paediatric department is due to be discussed by the hospital board today. It says the concerns of junior doctors were effectively ignored. An investigation has begun into what caused a US military helicopter to crash on the North Norfolk coast, killing all four people on board. The aircraft, based at RAF Lakenheath in Suffolk, had been on a low-flying training exercise. Young black people in Luton say they're stopped and searched more than other communities. Bedfordshire Police admit it's more, but says it's not disproportionately so. The weather, dry with sunny spells, a moderate breeze and a high of 12 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Sunderland beat Manchester United 2-1 in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at the Stadium of Light. It was United's third consecutive defeat in all competitions. The second leg is on the 22nd of January at Old Trafford. Stevenage are already benefiting from having their FA Cup fourth round tie against Everton televised. The club will earn £144,000. Leading scorer Francois Zoko has now signed until the end of the season and the club have turned down bids for Luke Freeman. Stevenage manager Graham Wesley says it's a match they can win. Well, beating bigger clubs, um, first and foremost you've got to decide that you want to do it. Um, you've got to decide that you can do it and then you've got to work out a way of doing it. You can be sure that you know everybody at this football club will be going into the game not to enjoy the occasion. Winning's what you're in sport for, winning's what you're in football for. So um, it's just about hatching a plan. MK Dons have signed the Everton striker Chris Long on loan for a month. The 18-year-old is an England under-20 international. He's been brought in to replace another loanee, Patrick Bamford, who left at the weekend. Long won't be eligible for the FA Cup third-round replay against Wigan next week. In the Southern League Premier Division, last night, Hemel Hempstead beat Biddeford 4-1 and Bedford Town lost 2-1 against Stourbridge. 
The director of the England cricket team, Andy Flower, says reports that he told the ECB they must choose between either him or Kevin Peterson are totally inaccurate. Many of this morning's papers suggest Flower issued an ultimatum following England's Ashes series whitewash. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now this morning we've been talking about Bedford Hospital and we'll be speaking uh, to the Chief Executive Stephen Conroy a little bit later on in the show. A report has come out that's pretty damning. We all know, of course, that the, uh, the, the children's services were closed, the A&E was, was stopped. Lots of things have happened. Paul Scoyne's political reporter has joined me in the studio. Mm. This report has, uh, has come out. It's pretty damning. Just give me a very brief oversight of, of the main points in this report, please. Uh, well, it relates to concerns uh, raised by junior doctors about the level of um, uh, support they had from cl- uh, clinicians from consultants within the department. Um, There were particular concerns about um, specific instances. One involved uh, a a consultant not answering an emergency call on four occasions uh, when a child was fitting, uh, and that prompted the the head of the East of England sort of uh, education board to withdraw those seven junior doctors. And, of course, because the the department was so reliant on those doctors to continue functioning... um, that unit then effectively had to close as of the 1st of August and then all uh, A&E services were then taken to Milton Keynes and, and uh, Luton and, and, and you know, the, the sort of collapse of the system happened there. Things have gradually returned since then and mm. we're at a point where we're probably about 95% back to normal, quote, at the moment, but those junior doctors still haven't returned um, because the hospital... Um, hasn't yet got to the point where it's been able to go to the General Medical Council and say, come back in, have a look and see how we're doing. But it it would appear from the report there has been a a general lack of concern about these problems uh, uh, and that patients have been put in some sort of risk and and, uh, people who should have been listened to perhaps haven't been listened to. Yeah, that's that's what the report says in, uh, as you heard from the Mayor earlier on, fairly damning ways that, you know, the the, the, uh, progress hasn't been sustained sufficiently is one line, Um, you know, the, the trust should have been alert to the history of concerns because these aren't new concerns. They go mm. back as far as 2005. So this level of support within paediatrics has certainly been something that, that they have been aware of for a long time. And indeed, the report suggests that it did lead, in some instances, to uh, a, a potential risk to patient care. Mm. We've got a, a call from Martin in Bedford. Good morning, Martin. Morning. Martin, now you've had an experience with Bedford Hospital. What, what happened to you? Uh... This was uh, last last year, about July time. Uh, I took the little the little girl was uh, asked to go in there by the doctor. Uh, we went in there. Uh, she was put on the paediatrician's ward for about a week, uh, up in the the kids unit, and uh, they sent us home uh, on the Friday. Uh, they said she had a low immune system. Uh, we went away on holiday on the Monday. And all the way down there, she was complaining that she was uh, not very well. She was really thirsty, uh, needed the toilet a lot. You know, just generally unwell. Uh, and when we got back after the holiday, after a week, <clears throat> we took her back down to the doctors, and uh, they said she had uh, a virus of some sort. My wife wasn't happy with it, so she took her down there the next day, uh, and they told us that she had... Uh, uh, she done, they'd done a blood test and told us to go straight over to Lister because 
they thought she might have been diabetic. So we got to Lister, and after about three hours in Lister, they confirmed that she was type 1 diabetes. And she'd been, sorry, she'd been in a Bedford hospital for a week, and they hadn't spotted this? No. No, they, they told us that she had a low immune system. And what did they recommend you do for that? They didn't say nothing. How does that make you feel, knowing that you turned up at your local hospital, and uh, how old was your little girl? She was eight at the time. Eight years old, okay. So you turn, uh, you turn up at your local hospital uh, with your eight-year-old little girl not feeling very well, and they completely misdiagnosed her? Yeah. How does that make you feel? <laughs> how did it make you feel? Well, as a dad, I'd, I'd, feel, I'd, I'd feel awful. All kinds yeah. of things. Well, I mean, since then, she's, she's been to uh, uh, Great Ormond Street, uh, Adam Brooks, and backwards and forth. I think she's been to hospital about 20 times since then through various things because they didn't pick anything up. Martin, why did they just tell you to go to the Lister rather than Bedford after that? Uh, I think because we didn't have no faith in Bedford. We did actually did say to the G- GP, we're, we're going to take us somewhere else. Martin, the, the changes are being made, improvements are being made. Will you ever regain faith in Bedford Hospital? No. And how no, should... until, until they sort out their, their you know, it, you can't blame the doctors if they're juniors. You can only blame the actual management. How's your little girl doing now? Is she, is she on the mend? Is she getting control uh, of the situation? Well, now they found out that she's got... Uh, they thought she had Crohn's disease as well, but now she, they think it's celiac. Oh, dear. So she's, she's gone through the run of it a bit. Oh, but whether it's, it's all related to the diabetes. Yeah. So whether they could have stopped it earlier or not, I don't know. But, you know, it's... Martin, I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Well, there's, there's, there's an actual example of uh, misdiagnosis, perhaps things not working as well as they should do. It's worth noting that Martin hasn't made those uh, comments known to Bedford Hospital right. so that we wouldn't expect the hospital to be able to comment no. on that, but it certainly is a, a, an interesting case study. Um, what the hospital did after August... So this was just in the run-up that Martin and his daughter were, were in the hospital. Just r- must have been right in the eye of the storm of the mm. junior doctors being removed. Um, what the hospital did is 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 they they enlisted uh, a consultant from the Lister, uh, Dr. Andy Raffles, who's a, a consultant paediatrician who uh, spoken of very highly. Obviously, Martin was speaking very highly of of the Lister. He has come in to help redesign the service, mm. so he's working. He's sharing his time with Bedford and the Lister and the QET, the Queen Elizabeth Second uh, Hospital uh, in Hertfordshire, to help redesign those services. What the hospital says is, I mean, this report, which was commissioned by the hospital, they they sort of hold their hands up to say, we know that Mm. things weren't right. This is almost, you know, a a, a sort of a a new broom in, if you like, to sort of, you know, clear out the the, the problems from before. What these uh, these recommendations uh, look to try and do is make sure that something like that doesn't happen again. And that the the trainees, you know, indeed, we don't know very much about this case, but... um, the, the, the trainees are, are not in a position where they're not uh, 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 supervised, where they, they do have the support of their clinicians. Indeed, in the future, it will be a far more a, a consultant-led department yeah. than it was. Paul, thank you very much. We'll be speaking to Stephen Conroy, Chief Executive of Bedford Hospital, just after 8 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
455555. Earlier on in the show, we spoke to Nathan. Nathan's 17 years old. He's black. He's been stopped and searched by the police between five and ten times. Is it more likely to happen to you if you're black? Well, statistically, yes. Do black people just have to put up with it, get on with it? Or are they right? Is Nathan right to be upset by it? Stephen's in Bletchley. Morning, Stephen. Morning. Stephen, what's happened to you? Well, not really been searched or anything, but most of them hang around in groups and gangs and stuff, and most of them are intimidating. Who's this, young people or black people? Yeah, a bit of both, to be honest. Right. Um, if you go into, like, Letchy Town Centre after six o'clock, there's just gangs of, like, black people and everything about, so I wouldn't be surprised for them to be stopped or searched. What's wrong with black people hanging out in groups, though? It's intimidating to other people, and they could be doing... They could be up to no good. But so could white people in groups. But there's not normally that many people like that about. But why would you assume that a group of black people hanging out in a group could be up to no good? Probably because it's normally like that. What do you mean it's normally like that? Normally black people, when they're in groups, are up to no good? Normally they are. Not up to... Or not doing anything normal, or not doing anything good. Where do you get that from, Stephen? Just from being a youngster, as such. OK, so so what kind of bad things are groups of black people normally up to? Well, they like to uh, do, do drugs, deal drugs in their groups and stuff. Uh, is this a real... Are you a real caller? Yeah, this is the truth. This is the truth, okay, yeah. from Stephen and Bletchley, that black people, when they're in groups, they're normally up to no good. Yes. They're, like, dealing drugs and stuff. What other things are, they, are these black groups up to? I would just suspect they could be planning other stuff. Like what? Intimidate, uh, intimidating the general public. Okay. I'm assuming you're white, are you? I am, yeah. Let me ask you, how old are you? 19. Okay. And have you ever um, been threatened by these groups of black people? Has anything ever happened to you? Not really. Okay, so you're literally just making this up, aren't you? You have no, no evidence, no evidence whatsoever to support your uh, theory that groups of black people are normally up to no good. That's probably true. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. Stephen in Bletchley, hoisted by his own there. What a, what a muppet. Oh, wait, you could have your say. I mean, but really, oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Stephen in Bletchley there. I'm not 100% sure he was a genuine caller, but let's assume he was just for the sake of sport, shall we? Thinks that groups of black people, normally up to no good, probably dealing drugs and probably plotting other crimes. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't think that was a genuine call. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Don't forget you can email me. Oh, yes, I've got one of those computer things now. Ian.Lee at BBC.co.uk. I A I N dot L E at BBC.co.uk. Again, lots of good emails. Um, and you can email me about other bits and pieces. You can email me about stuff we're doing on the show. But I keep saying this, and, and more and more of you are getting to, in touch with stories that you think would be good on the show, stories you think we should be doing on the show. Maybe it's a huge thing that affects the whole country or the whole county. Or maybe it's a tiny thing that just affects you. It, do email me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk, and if it's halfway decent, we'll put it on the air. Simple as. Right, it's a quarter to eight, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
M25 still struggling anti-clockwise between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also looking very slow between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. In Watford, Beach and Grove has heavy around Escort Road. And also in Gerrards Cross, the A413 is down to one lane in both directions at the M25 overbridge following an accident. Doesn't seem to be causing any problems on the speed sensors at the moment, though. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, 7.46, it's Wednesday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report into Bedford Hospital's children's department says doctors' concerns were effectively ignored. Young black people in Lucian say they're stopped and searched more than other communities. In sport, the director of the England cricket team, Andy Flower, has dismissed reports that he told the England and Wales cricket board they must stick with him or Kevin Peterson. 08459 555 Let's get the uh, latest weather now from Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, a brief bit of respite, I'm pleased to say. We've had some clear skies the last few hours, so once the sun comes up, it's going to be bright. We should see some blue sky and some sunshine. We have still got a bit of a breeze out there, but it's just going to feel a bit more pleasant. And the temperature, to be fair, is still very mild. We're looking at a maximum of 10 Celsius. That's 50 degrees in Fahrenheit. Now, we may start to notice the cloud start to move in from the south and the west through the course of the afternoon. Overnight, that continues on its journey, and it's thick enough eventually to produce a bit of rain also some quite heavy rain through the middle part of the night. The minimum temperature though is keeping things rather mild, 6 Celsius, 43 degrees in Fahrenheit. These outbreaks of rain are going to continue through to tomorrow morning and we'll still be peppered with some showers through the first part of tomorrow as well, but it will start to brighten up through tomorrow afternoon, dry out a little, and also the wind will ease and the temperature getting up again into double figures to 10 Celsius, that's 50 degrees in Fahrenheit. That's your forecast. Kate, thank you very much. Roberto Peroni. We'll talk about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know, I, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a dome board suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes you have to turn a blind eye. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three County Radio. Now, just before the news, we heard a call from Stephen, who I'm not convinced was a genuine caller, but he was saying that um, groups of black people, they're intimidating, which may or may not be true to certain people, um, but that they're also normally doing crimes like dealing drugs or plotting other crimes. Carl's in Luton. Morning, Carl. Morning, Ian. What did you reckon to Stephen's uh, point there? I sat there disbelief. I couldn't believe. I thought I'd gone back to the seventies to hear such rubbish. What? What was? What was? Uh, what did you disbelieve about his well, fantastic call? When he started off, he says about groups of youths could be intimidating. I was with him there yep. at that point because I could see his point, and it doesn't matter if they're black, white, or Asian. Large groups, of, large numbers of young people can be intimidated. Some people, yes. And then I heard the rest of it, and I couldn't even finish up the cornflakes. I just thought, what a load of rubbish. So, Carl, can I ask, are you black or white? I'm black. You're black, OK. Have you ever hung around with uh, groups of, of other black people? Yeah. OK. So, so by Stephen's reckoning, when you were hanging around with other black people, Carl, you were normally, normally 
doing something illegal, probably dealing drugs or plotting bigger crimes. Is that, was that the case? Um, I could tell you no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, how disappointing! <laughs> You've disappointed me, Carl. Absolutely. What you? What I heard? The only thing I could think of, as you, as you would say, was wowzers. Wowzers, <laughs> indeed. It was. I, I, I have. A, I have a feeling, Carl, that Stephen was perhaps not a genuine call. I, I suspect he was. He was phoning up for kicks and giggles. Well, if, if that was the case, he could have been a bit more animated with his voice. I, mean, I know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Carl, uh, have you ever been stopped and searched by the police? Um, I'll tell you what, I'm a bit older now, so I think I've fallen out of that stop and search right. bracket. But I'll tell you what, when I was a youngster, driving, I used to get stopped all the time then. Really? Were you driving anything uh, fancy or...? <laughs> well, battered Mark 1 Cavaliers, oh. you know. Oh, OK. <laughs> how, so how often did you get stopped? Was it kind of a regular thing? Oh, I suppose... I mean, you're going back to, like, um, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Once every couple of months. Well, we, I, see, I like to think the late eighties, early nineties were a different world altogether. But kind of hearing Nathan's story, who was on the show earlier on, I, I'm not totally sure if it is a different I, world. I, I think if you're below a certain age bracket and you're black or Asian, there's definitely a much higher chance of you getting stopped now. I think I'm just too old now. Yeah. To look at me and see, I'm too old to do any crime. You, 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 you <laughs> couldn't be bothered because you're an old man. Yeah, basically. Carl, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call. You can also give me a call about this. Page three of the uh, Daily Express. Women's work is too hard for men. Women's work is too hard for men. Half of men would hate to swap roles with their wives as it would be too hard. It'll be difficult, but I would, I would love to do it. I'd love to. Could you do it? I'd love to speak to you this morning if you have swapped the um, traditional gender roles. If your wife maybe earned more than you and so you decided to stay at home. And your wife went to work. Could you do that? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Good morning, Matt. What's your take on this? Uh, I can't. Uh, I've never thought I'd be ringing you up this early in the new year. Uh, you can't, re- Matt. You can't resist me. Well, you drive me mad, but you hate me, but you love me, don't you? I hate you, but you do want me. Huh? Yeah. Say you love me. No. Say, I don't Matt. Love you. Matt. I want you to say, Ian. I love you. Ian, I like you. Oh, that is that is progress, Matt. I'll, st- I'll have that. Thank you. That's a good start, yes. <laughs> well, First base. you said after you hear the lads over the Lister Arms talking about you. Oh, blimey. What are they, what are they saying about me in the Lister Arms? Well, uh, they'd like to meet you. But, uh, oh, what, what, for some side photographs? Go out for a nice latte? Uh, no, I wouldn't say photographs, but... Uh, oh, uh, autographs? What? You want my autograph? I'm happy to pop down to the Lister Arms and sign a few autographs. Yes, yes, yes. And you might buy us all a drink, eh? Um, I think I'm busy then. Matt, I bet you've never done a day's housework in your life, have you? Uh, I've done more housework than you'll ever dream of. Really? Yes. And I worked in the butchers and I worked hard. And I never, I would never, ever expect my wife to do something that I couldn't do myself. And I always helped her. So what kind of housework did you do? Any anything you want, ironing. Yeah. Even sewing buttons on my shirt. You can do the sewing. I can't do the sewing. Well, you've got a lot to learn, Mary. Mary. Baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> Have you, Matt? Listen, are we flirting this morning? Hey. Are we flirting this morning? No, we're not flirting. I'm just telling you, uh, everybody's equal. A woman, a God-given right. A woman should be. Treated properly, and a man should help as much as he can. Treat a woman like a lady, and a man like a girlfriend. No, hang on, that's not the saying, is it? Matt, uh, a man pre- like you. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Matt, thank you very much. Always nice to hear from Matt. Particularly, particularly, 
Matt's hard shell is softening, isn't it? We're getting to, he hates me. He hated me. Now, now he likes me. Then he calls you baby. Then he calls me baby. He'll now, be holding your hand next. There was a, there was a real tension there of, of the good kind. The good kind of tension was taking place there. Kelly, you're right. Hi. You put on your headphones as though you're about to say something. No, I was just listening. Okay, thanks very much indeed. That's that's polite at first. Good to know that she's paying attention. Steve's in Luton. Morning, Steve. Morning. Steve, what can I do for you? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> are you? Hang on a minute. Are you flirting with me now as well? No, 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 not in that way. No, steady, <laughs> Steve. Now you, no, not, not like that. you don't do housework, do you? Look, well, actually, being a plasterer, we we clean up a lot more than uh, probably most women dare go near. But generally, if a man does the cleaning up, it, if that is when he decides to, I think man does a better job than a woman. But the women do it all the time, so it's not much good man doing it once every every three months. Well, this it? is the thing. I think we've stumbled onto something very uh, pertinent here. Earlier on, Catherine was was putting forward the idea. Uh, that women like to get the housework done quickly and instantly. And men will do it, but they can sit in their filth for a little bit longer. I'll, I'll do it just before I go to bed. I'm happy to sit in filth for three, four hours in the evening. But um, the men, uh, women will do it quicker. What do you reckon? Is that right? Well, they do it quicker, but they don't do it as thorough. Oh, what? Hang on. Women, don't, we're not, women aren't as thorough when it comes to housework. No, they, they don't pick up the pots. They don't lift up the carpets. They don't do this. Half the stuff you don't do, and plus oh. they talk about sort of us like in the building trade. Oh, when we get moaned that you don't do this, they want to see the rubbish we have to clean up every day. Well, They're yeah. kittens, you know what I mean? Steve, can I ask a question? <laughs> Go on then. Can I ask you anything? Anything I want? Anything you like, mate. I don't care. Anything I like. There's no. There's no limits. There are no boundaries to what I can ask you. No, and it's what it's what free society is. It's, you know, I'm, I'm open to any question. Did you just ask Kelly Betts out? Yeah, just for the crack. <laughs> Beg your pardon. Oh, you mean for okay, right? Yeah, for the fun, not for that. Yeah. Well, th- th- Kelly Betts, Steve's asked you out. Steve is, of course, a regular contributor to the show. What, what, what do you reckon? I think I'm busy. When is it? <laughs> I never said when. You said no. Steve, what would you? Okay, let's let's uh, let's just. Work. I know that Kelly has got a, a boyfriend who oh, she's. I know, yeah. but 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 listen, there's they're not married. There's no ring on that finger. So. Try and describe to us what a date with Stephen Luton would entail. Where where would you go? What would you get up to? What, what, what would... <laughs> oh, that sounds ominous. McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, cheapskate. Okay, okay, but you, but you get her a happy meal. Yeah, get her a happy meal. Yeah. Yeah. Would you go out for a drink or anything? I do actually. Yeah. <laughs> She's in. That's all it takes. She's in. She's in. What, fish finger happy meal? There we go, you see. Thank you very much indeed. I don't, filio yeah. fish, he means. Filio fish, I think he means. Which is excellent stuff. Filio fish. Why is it pronounced fillet and not fillet? Posh in it. But, but is, it, is it fillet? Fillet-o-fish. In America, they say fillet, don't they? Yeah. Because there's chick fillet. I thought fi- it was chick filler, but it's chick fillet. But that's because of Philadelphia. What? What? Philadelphia, the place? It's spelt with a per, not a fur. Yeah, Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, Alice is in. She's listening to this. Alice? Yes? We were just talking about the international banking crisis. I what, can see. What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it is great, isn't it? Uh, can I ask, uh, Alice, because you do lots of different radio shows. You go, you go all around the country doing lots of different radio shows. How does ours compare to, to all of those other suckers out I mean, all of those other excellent shows out there? This is definitely the most intelligent one by far. Yes. yes. In your face, BBC Solent. In your face, BBC yes. Leeds. Is that a place? I don't even know. Probably. Probably. 
All right, Ian, I like you. Yeah, I bet you do. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you uh, want to give us uh, a, a call about lots of things. Do you do women's work. The fact that the fact that the Express is still calling it women's work shows that we haven't come very far, doesn't it? Half of men would hate to swap roles with their wives as it would be too hard. They would struggle to juggle childcare with work, cooking, doing the food shop and household chores they told pollsters. A third of men admitted it was easier to be a father and had no idea how their partner multitasked. Now, what my wife does is amazing. Okay, It is amazing. But if, if push came to shove, if I had to, of course I could do it. It would take a little while to get up to speed, but I'd totally be able to do it. With the if I had the inkling, so can you give me a call? Have you um, swapped roles, gender specific, gender traditional roles in your household? How did that go? Have you decided you're going to share the household chores? Because it's a nice idea, isn't it? But I think that most couples, most heterosexual couples, um fall into these roles there is a reason there is a genetic reason why people end up doing these specific roles 08459 455 555 is the telephone number give me a call how does it work in your house despite our differences it says in this survey men and women are happy with their roles well are you are you happy with your role 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Of course, you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Olney, the high street is closed between Spring Lane and the B5388 after a serious accident. Still problems in Gerrard's Cross and the A413, which is down to one lane in both directions at the M25 overbridge. Kings Langley, the A41 looking slow southbound on the speed sensors. That's between the Hemel Hempstead turnoff and the M25 Junction 20. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up. We'll be speaking to the chief executive of Bedford Hospital to get his reaction to this damning report, which has criticised the hospital. Also taking your calls. All of that and more after the news with Jane. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Report on Bedford Hospital says the concerns of doctors were ignored. Inquest opens into the death of a man in police custody in Luton and young black people in Luton say they're stopped more often by the police. BBC Three Counties Radio. A highly critical report highlights a number of failings at the paediatric department at Bedford Hospital. It says it failed to meet fundamental General Medical Council standards for training junior doctors. Trainees were told they were being emotional when they tried to raise concerns. Bedford Mayor Dave Hodgson says it's a difficult read for hospital managers. The report lays, you know, utterly um, lays bare the unacceptable failings which saw the junior doctors removed, and it's appalling it's allowed to happen. An inquest is due to be opened today into the death of a man from Luton in police custody. 39-year-old Leon Briggs died after he was detained under the Mental Health Act. The Independent Police Complaints Commission is investigating. Gail Sanderson reports. 
Five police officers and two members of civilian staff have been interviewed under criminal caution by IPCC investigators on suspicion of offences including gross negligence and unlawful manslaughter. The IPCC is examining all police contact with Mr Briggs, including the decision to take him to the police station and to transport him in a police van rather than by ambulance. The inquest is due to be opened and adjourned at the coroner's court in Hatfield this morning. The search is continuing this morning for a man from Leighton Buzzard who hasn't been seen since New Year's Day. 37-year-old Neil Devlin from Townbridge Mill was reported missing by his neighbours and has failed to turn up for work at Morrison's. Young black people in Luton say they're stopped and searched more than other communities. Bedfordshire Police admit it's more, but says it's not disproportionately so. 17-year-old Nathan isn't sure why they keep stopping him. The way I dress, maybe the, the, the colour of my skin and just maybe even... um just how many people I'm with or what kind of part of the part of the area I'm in you know what I'm saying and it's just all the time more non-stop in football the FA Cup fourth round tie will earn Stevenage £144,000 when they take on Everton at Broadhall Way it means they're able to hold on to leading scorer Francois Zoko who signed until the end of the season and Luke Freeman who's attracted interest from other clubs and there's more news and sport at bbc.co.uk slash three counties This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. If you want to uh, give us a call, I'll give you the details in a little bit. We'll be bringing you the latest on Bedford Hospital. The management at the time, leading up to the closure of some of its children's services, has been giving a right ticking off. A young black man from Luton is speaking out against police stop and search policy. He feels he's being unfairly targeted because of the colour of his skin. And we'll hear from the shopkeeper who gave a robber, robber a darn good slap. Oh, is that it? No, we won't. We've heard from her. Is she not coming on? It was just Matt's report, was it? Ooh, flipping it. Nah, let's not bother. It wasn't that good anyway. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, Bedford Hospital's leadership has been described as weak in a damning independent report into the problems in the paediatric department last summer. The hospital's board effectively ignored the concerns of junior doctors who were withdrawn by the head of training over concerns about their safety, according to the report which was commissioned by the hospital itself. A meeting involving stakeholders and parents is taking place today where the recommendations in the report will be discussed. I'm joined now by Stephen Conroy, Chief Executive at Bedford Hospital. Morning, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. First of all, uh, hats off for commissioning the report yourselves. Did you have to do it, or is it part of the process? Um, No, this is a decision made by the board to commission an independent report. Clearly, there there were errors and problems and failures in in the systems last year, uh, or the year before now, in, in 2012. Um, and because some of those concerns were around the board's performance themselves, uh, we decided to commission an independent report would give people confidence that we were being open and transparent and addressing the underlying issues. Uh, management have come in for criticism going back a long way, but you have to take some of the blame and responsibility yourself, don't you, Stephen? 
Uh, well, I've been uh, attending board meetings throughout 2012. I was made the interim chief executive at the end of February in 2013, uh, and I've been trying to sort out these problems ever since, really. This, it says in the report, even when improvements were noted at the end of December 2012, senior leaders within the trust should have been alert to the history of concerns. That would imply that you weren't aware of, of the complaints going back to 2005. Yeah, so I think there were three areas of weakness that the report identified. One of those was that when things were reported to the board, and particularly in December 2012, when, when it was implied that the dean was happy with progress, um, the history of, of the... Uh, issues wasn't wasn't dealt with uh, the risk assessment of the consequences of, of not complying with the dean's request uh, were not made properly made av- uh, available to the board um, so there's a real problem in the risk management and governance system that the board had uh, in 2012. Uh, speaking of the board, it says here, I've got the report in front of me, no evidence that the Trust Board considered the threat of trainee removal when this was brought to its attention by the medical director in April 2012. An opportunity was missed. I, I think that's right. I think the report's very clear that we missed at least two opportunities in 2012 to do more work. Now, it, we have to be remember that the Department of Paediatrics was, was working hard and that the Director of Medical Education working with the Dean on action plans. And as you say, progress was noted at the end of December. Um, but insufficient, uh, insufficient risk was associated with this. And therefore, the action of the board uh, wasn't strong enough and that they should have demanded more of the department and more of the Director of Medical Education at that time. And there was risk to patients, wasn't there? Again, from the report, the potential risk to patient safety was often not recognised. The consultant paediatricians demonstrated a lack of insight regarding concerns about supervision. People were at risk, weren't they? Uh, I don't think they were. So that Well, we know about the, the incident about the, the child that was fitting and a phone call that was ignored four times. So th- yeah. th- they were at risk, weren't they? Well, there was, as far as we can see, we looked at two years of information with our clinicians and we didn't find any evidence of patient harm. Um, not in ha- not harm, but, but, but risk. Risk, risk is different from harm, risk. isn't it? There was definitely risk. Um, we let down the, the trainees. We didn't support them well enough, so we put the trainees at risk and we, we therefore put patients at risk. Um, but I don't think there was any harm done to patients throughout the whole period. What are you doing now? What, how, how are you improving things? Okay, so we, we've, we've had to strengthen clinical leadership in the department. That was described in reports as being weak. Uh, we brought in Andy Raffles about six months ago, and that's helped us strengthen the, the department. We've brought back almost all the children's services now back onto site, which, which is great news. He's only working uh, part-time, isn't he? He's working part-time, but he's very experienced and has made a tremendous difference to the le- clinical leadership in that department. So we've, we've done that. Following the risk summits and the CQC report, which, which really slated our risk management systems, which we knew were weak following the, uh, the events last year, we've completely changed our risk management system. We've, we've got a new computer-based system for reporting risk. We've got a new committee that assesses risk fully, and we've reported to the board in a, in a much more structured way. It's, it's, I'm reading through this, it seems attitude. Attitudes were um, uh, complacent <laughs> at best. How did the, 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 the deficiencies may reflect consultant behaviours and not just the numbers physically available? How were consultants allowed to call the shots? Um, well, obviously in a department, the trainees work very closely with individual consultants and there is a, a consultant nominated as the clinical college Were tutor. the consultants arrogant? Um, I think that they, in this case, didn't respond well 
to the concerns of the trainees and to request of trainees for support. That's completely unacceptable, and we have taken some action both to strengthen uh, clinical leadership in the department, but also some HR action that's, that's pending uh, involving at least one of the consultants. It could have been... It uh, it could have been and should have been a fantastic unit, said one interviewee. Selling points include its facilities, a wide and varied case mix, and exposure to both acute and community services, but these advantages have been undermined. This has really screwed up the reputation of the hospital, hasn't it? It, it's been a disastrous year for the hospital, I think, around this issue, and we, we fully recognise that. But, but we, we have the support of the Dean in rebuilding the department. Um, we, we have trainees in 14 departments in total. Uh, you know, paediatrics is one of those. Um, we had a report in November, we published another independent report, telling us that our education and training across the board was good, but needed to be excellent. It could be better. Stephen, when, we, it, when, it, sorry, when are you going to invite yeah. the General Medical Council yeah. to bring those doctors back in? Um, we're, I've got a meeting later this week to discuss that with the postgraduate dean and, and with, our, with the Trust Development Authority. So we want to do that as soon as we're ready. Well, um, when will that be, do you think? I think we'll be ready you know, in the spring sometime to, to invite the GMC back. Will complaints and will concerns be listened to? Because, again, this is the overriding thing of this report is that people weren't listened to. Let me quote again. The documentation provided by the hospital shows that a previous post-grad dean voiced serious concerns and raised issues about inadequate supervision by consultants in 2005, 2006, 2010... Uh, 2007, sorry, and, and twice in 2010. What? I, I find it incredible that these concerns weren't listened to. Can you guarantee that concerns will be listened to in the future? Yes, I can. I, mean, I wasn't around at, at those times, but I, you know, we certainly listen now. Um, I think evidence that we've, we've had a, a, a report that's independent, that we've published it, we've discussed it with parents and local politicians and stakeholders yesterday. Um, we are bringing in new measures in, in the department and across the trust to improve things. We're, we're listening to parents. We, we've got parents involved now uh, in advising us on, on how to improve things. And we, we've set up systems to listen to our trainees, including uh, a senior, a junior trainee, that the juniors can go and talk to in confidence, as well as talking to their clinical tutors and you know, the, the, the consultants in each department. And then, Stephen, I, listen, I appreciate that a lot of this was done uh, uh, under someone else's watch, uh, and I appreciate that you do come on and you do talk to us, so thank you very much for that. Your predecessor must have a lot of questions to answer. Well, the report is, is very much based on, on the systems that failed in the organisation. Um, you know, the, the, we, we could have picked things up as a trust board in 2012, that, that's very clear. Um, I, I really can't speak for the other people in terms of what their role was at that time. Uh, and finally, we had a call from a, a gentleman earlier on in the show, Martin, whose daughter had been misdiagnosed at Bedford. Uh, he's lost all faith in Bedford Hospital. We've spoken to lots of callers uh, who've lost faith in the hospital. How are you going to convince them that Bedford Hospital is up and running properly and it can be trusted? Well, we, we, we've several things we need to do. I mean, first of all, when we brought services back, we've had to go through a very uh, difficult process with our local GP commissioners and, and the area team and other clinicians to make sure that when we bring things back, they're completely safe 
uh, and thoroughly modern services. Um, the second thing is talking to parents. So, so a number of parents have very sick children who use the services very often, and we need to use their thoughts and, and their concerns and make sure that we get things right for, for parents and their children. So I think by being opening and listening and responsive to, to, to those concerns, uh, we can rebuild the confidence that we had from the local population. Stephen, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Ian. Thanks there we go. Lot. Stephen Conroy, Chief Executive of Bedford Hospital. A lot less tense than our last conversation. Fair play. You, you, you've got to respect them for putting their hands up, commissioning this report, which is damning. It's an fascinating read. Uh, and then doing their best to crack on with it. If you've got any experience with Bedford Hospital, if you, are you convinced by Mr Conroy's words there? Do you think that you will get regain your faith in the hospital? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, stop and search. You're more likely to be stopped and search if you are black. We spoke to a young gentleman called Nathan. He's been stopped between five and ten times recently. Uh, the form, he claims, hasn't always been correctly filled in. Uh, and we're getting a question. We spoke to Steve earlier on. Stephen, who thinks that groups of young black people... Um, uh, when they're hanging out together, they're, they're normally up to no good. Probably dealing drugs, probably potting, plotting uh, even bigger crimes. Potting, of course. Rebecca in Bedford says, In response to Steve, if that's his name, teenagers will always hang around in groups and dress within the code of that group. Look back to the mods, the punks, the goths. Now it's the hoodies. In my experience, the majority get through this phase unscathed and turn into well-rounded adults. And Phil says, Stephen in Bletchley was concerned uh, that groups of black guys were up to no good starting making trouble in the neighbourhood. Phil, I think Phil's agreeing with Stephen in Bletchley there. Wowzers. Oh eight four five nine four double five five. Oh, is that is that sorry? Is that I missed something there? What's yeah. that? This that is, is a story all about how his life got flipped and upside down. down. Like to take a minute, just sit right there. Take how they Okay, for, for, for our target audience who have literally no idea what you're talking about, I believe they're quoting the lyrics to the Fresh Prince of uh, of Bel Air, and uh, that's what that is uh, a reference to. So, Phil, thank you very much uh, for that. It is intimidating walking past groups of young people, black or white, whatever. But that's my problem, isn't it? It's not their problem. That's my beef. If I feel intimidated, then that's for me to deal with, not with them. Surely. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Quarter past eight. Let's travel news. Gossip. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Olney, the high street is closed between Spring Lane and the B5388 after a serious accident. The A5 heading southbound, looking on the speed sensors, looks very heavy between Dunstable and Mark Yate. In Gerrards Cross, the A413 down to one lane in both directions at the M25 overbridge after an accident. And then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Thank you, Alice. Well done. She's joining in. Right, it's 8.16. It's uh, Wednesday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report into Bedford Hospital's children's department says doctors' concerns were effectively ignored. The inquest into the death of Leon Briggs, who died after being arrested in Luton, opens this morning. In football, Stevenage will earn £144,000 from their televised FA Cup fourth round game with Everton. The weather today, dry and a bright day with a high of 12 Celsius. Three Counties Radio. 
Jonathan Vernon-Smith on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been loads of great highlights on my show, but one that really sticks out is when I went out with Bedfordshire's traffic cops. Caution you for the offence of using your mobile phone. I sat in the back of the car for an entire shift, recording every single moment. Traffic's flowing quite well, even though we're doing 70, 80 miles an hour. I then brought you the exciting outcome. I was going to meet him over there, and there's also intelligence that he deals class A drugs, so he might have some of that on him as well. Well, I'll be bringing you more of the same in 2014, every weekday morning from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tim's in for JVS. Hello. Morning, Tim. Morning to you. I, now, listen, I listened to a bit of the Consumer Hour yesterday. I listened to the whole Consumer Hour yesterday, switching from media, uh, no, from uh, FM to medium wave when I, when <laughs> I ran nice out to of... To get me in two qualities. To get you in two qualities. Yeah. I find, it's still Tom's, the same quality of broadcasting, but, but different qualities of sound. Very poor. I find, I'm joking, that when Tony Blackburn's on, Tony Blackburn's on at the weekend, okay, yes, and right. I listened to a bit of him, and I listened to him in FM, I thought, this doesn't sound right. So I switched to medium wave. Yeah. He sounded perfect. Does it capture Tony's... It does. Uh, ...pop-a-doodle-tastic in a slightly different way? It does. He, he is not meant to broadcast in digital quality. He is meant Let's to be... tell him. Let's, Let's kick him off. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him. No. Uh, he's meant to broadcast in the medium wave. But I thought you, I, I enjoyed it yesterday. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, we're starting to get to grips with the cases. Obviously, it's tricky when you're taking over the casework that Jonathan's been, yep, been yep. doing, but we're starting to crack some, crack some nuts, crack some shells, kick down some doors. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I don't know how to say. We're starting to get some results, and there will be some more for the rest of the week. So. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I look forward to it. Enjoying what have it. you got today? A really interesting conversation you're having this morning uh, about, uh, well, Bedfordshire Police basically admitting to, to, to BBC Three Counties that statistically, yes, if you look at it, you are more likely to be stopped and searched if you're black. Although, of course, they've said that uh, their approach is not disproportionate in any way. I'm very interested in, in, in the people you've spoken to, the, the, the number of young people you and Justin have spoken to, who feel they are unfairly targeted because of the police, and then also fascinated by the call you took at about 7.30 from Stephen, Stephen in Bletchley. I, I, I'm not I convinced don't, it's a genuine mm, call. I'm I think it is. Really? Yeah. I think it is, but I, I don't agree with Stephen, but I, I think I slightly disagree with you about one, one point. Cool, go on. Um, we've got these... Statistics from the Ministry of Justice, yeah. and and obviously they show they show the breakdown between uh, white people who who commit crime and and, and uh, black people. We can see that white people overwhelmingly commit most of the crimes, right. and yet disproportionately black people are being stopped. Yeah. Um, what we don't have is an age breakdown. Yeah, and I wonder if this is in play because, unlike you, if I do see a group of people. Hanging around together, we do get young yeah. groups hanging hanging around together. I am intimidated. Oh no, I'm intimidated. But I don't. But I think it, I don't think it's m- me that should have to deal with that. I think culturally, I don't like the the way we are at the moment, where young groups of people hang around dressing in a particular way, which I do find intimidating. What what, what, what do you find intimidating about? I don't clothes? like I don't like seeing people with their hoods up. Uh, I don't like seeing you see people in. I in wear some, a hood sometimes. I think it's very different. If you're walking along by yourself, no, 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 not at all. There are there are groups of children, children, teenagers who hang around together of all races, who dress dress in a very particular way. They dress with with their jeans hanging down below their bottoms. They dress with their hoods up. They try and cover their faces. That to me, I am. I think if I was a police officer, yeah, I would be more likely to keep an eye on them than I would uh, someone walking down the street, perhaps dressed as you are today in jeans and and a corduroy jacket. Thanks. I'd be more likely. I just wonder if some of these figures are skewed by yep. by the age of people that are being stopped. I don't know. The people we've heard from today are younger people yep. who dress. I didn't see your, your the gentleman you had in the studio this he morning. He had a, a big, big puffer jacket and a hoodie, hoodie on. I don't like seeing young people walking around with their hoods up. Wow, really? I don't like you it. Surprise me. How does but, it make you feel? 
I think they're wearing it. We we give off a message with our clothes. Yeah. I think we all give off a message with the clothes we choose to wear. And the message that I get from people who wear those clothes is, I am not to be messed with. I'm tough. I'm not. That to be is, messed but with. that's but that's how you've interpreted it. Yes, and that, it is. And that's your that, that's your issue then. If that's what you're getting from it, that's your. Because I don't get that. It's just what they, it's just what they're wearing. It's just kind of a uniform in the same way that, that there was a punk uniform and there was a, the, the mod uniform and there is a the ridiculous goth uniform. It's just a, it's just a uniform. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's identity. But what's interesting is that if you look at some of the if you look at the, the, the kind of creative output of people in this country as well of young people in this country. There is an old, a whole area of music which uh, has has come across from from the US. From and this is a very unpopular thing to say, and I know yeah. a lot of liberal people on, on the BBC say this is ridiculous. I don't think it is ridiculous. I've listened to a lot of rap music and hip hop music for years. I'm aware of it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm well versed in it. And a lot of it is about the promotion of, of criminality. There is some. Of it, it is yeah, a yeah, lot of it is, is yeah. and and a way of dressing and an attitude. Yeah. And a lot of that has spread into young people in this country of all races. Yeah. And I don't think it's positive. And I, and I think there is a, a culture developing that has developed, rather, and has been fostered amongst younger people of having an attitude, of disliking the police from day one, yep. not considering the police to be on their side, and dressing in a way that says, don't mess with me. And I don't like it, and I just wonder if any of that plays into these, to these crime figures we're seeing. I don't know. But I'd like to hear from you. Do you have confidence that the police treat all races the same? I'll be discussing it from nine. Can I, can I call in? You're more than welcome Thank to. Thank you very much indeed. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, we're carrying on talking about this. I do think if, I do think if you see a group of, uh, of young people and you feel intimidated, that's your problem. That's your problem. I used to hang out in groups of young people when I was... <laughs> guess what? When I was young, yeah, that happened. I think it's your problem. Interesting. I should be listening to that. 08459 455 555. I think some of that intimidation that people feel is because the people themselves who are dressing like that and standing in groups and, and maybe acting tougher than... are frightened themselves. It's a defence thing. If I was going to walk through the streets of Luton in a tough area where people might pick on me, I'd want to look as hard as possible. If I go into Nyssa or Happy Shopper, one of my favourite haunts, OK, and there's a group of kids out the front, I feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. But that's because me. Because you're on your own. Look, that's, but that's me that's feeling intimidated because of whatever reason, because of what may have happened, because of how I'm interpreting it. They're not necessarily... And there are some groups that intimidate people deliberately, but they're not necessarily doing that deliberately. I should be listening to Tim's show and I should be phoning in and uh, setting him straight. Uh, now, the reason we're talking about this is because uh, a young black man from Luton has told us that local teenagers are constantly being challenged by police based on the colour of their skin. Nathan came in this morning. He's been questioning Bedfordshire Police's approach to stop and search. The force admits that statistically black people are slightly more likely to be stopped, but not disproportionately so. Nathan believes paperwork isn't being filled up properly, so doesn't trust the figures. He told me this morning that he and his friends resent the way they're being treated. Because right now, I think what they're doing is they're just literally stopping to fish for information. So really, I'm not, because I'm, I'm not involved in that kind of stuff, I don't want to be put in that category. And for people to always be walking past and see me getting stopped and searched by the police, it just makes you look like a criminal, you know what I'm trying to say, when they're, especially when they got you there and it's in the cuffs and, uh, you know what I'm saying. Well, sadly, no one from Beds Police is available to talk to us this morning, but I am joined now by Nina Samota, who is from the campaign group Stopwatch, which monitors the use of stop and search by police forces across uh, the country. Good morning to you, Nina. Good morning, Ian. Do you think that Nathan's concerns are valid? 
Uh, they're absolutely valid, Ian. In fact, um, uh, uh, from a stopwatch perspective, we've, we'd first like to thank uh, the BBC Radio, uh, Three Counties Radio, actually, uh, to bring the subject up and to discuss it um, on, on radio at, at a very local level. Uh, what's happening at a national level as well, uh, you may know that uh, last year the Home Secretary, Theresa May, called for a review of stop-and-search powers. And uh, we actually uh, held some consultation events up and down the country with some black-led uh, voluntary and frontline uh, organizations working in different areas. And what Nathan has said um, actually um, is, is the same sort of um, feeling that young people, not only from black and minority ethnic groups, but some white young people as well in areas like Middlesbrough or inner city Manchester, uh, also told us uh, how they feel in relation to uh, stop and search, how they are treated by police when they are stopped and searched. Well, well. How, how do they feel, Nina? What, 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 how, how are young people feeling when they are stopped and searched? Uh, they feel, uh, one, humiliated. Uh, they feel, uh, because stop and search, as you might appreciate, uh, is uh, they are very intrusive powers. And uh, individuals, and especially young people, um, who actually, uh, it is uh, well known that young people actually do not understand when they are stopped and searched as to which power the police uh, which powers the police are actually using. Uh, generally, the general public do not actually differentiate w- under which powers they are being stopped and searched. And therefore, young people, um, you know, we, we would actually encourage young people to learn a little bit more and understand what their rights are, what the different powers are, and to actually question when they are being stopped and searched, under what powers they are being stopped and searched. So that's, again, a different sort of a, a line of um, argument. But needless to say that um, from a stopwatch perspective, we are extremely concerned that ethnic disproportionality within stop and search has consistently remained high for a very long time. So what? there is a problem there. Why is that? Are the police racist? Well, I think uh, that's for individual police force areas to uh, to respond to. I mean, uh, when uh, having had these discussions and debates, um, you know, for a long time, even last year with the call for um, the uh, the review of uh, the police powers, whether they are being used lawfully or not, whether they are being uh, used with uh, greater evidence, we feel that individual fol- police force areas should be able to account as to what time and how they're actually using the stop and search powers, what what evidence is there for, of the value um, of stop and search powers that they are uh, that they're utilizing in their local areas? What are some of the outcomes? Young people actually do not have any idea about uh, what actually happens as a result of stop and search. So you may find that you may in in Bedfordshire, for instance, you have an arrest rate of nine percent. But that arrest rate is simply just an arrest rate. What actually happens after the arrest in terms of outcomes for those young people uh, or for anybody who is stopped and searched under those various powers, we actually don't have a greater understanding of that. So, Do, do we know uh, how many uh, prosecutions are made as a result of stop and search? Well, uh, that's. Uh, I think you had a previous caller who was uh, trying to talk about uh, the, the data, and I think... Um, one of the problems is that uh, individual police force areas actually and uh, more you know because now you have the police and crime commissioners i think this individual force data can be made more explicit in the local areas so for instance what proportion of people arrested then subsequently were prosecuted and you know what were the subsequent outcomes as people go through the criminal justice process and that data being uh, delivered or made public in the local area or being shared by uh, by the local people in that particular area 
should actually there should be a the way of um, a way of sharing that data publicly and and we actually at stopwatch we want to see uh, that stop and search must be more intelligence led and that police time uh, we are worried that you know police time must be focused more on prevention and diversion rather than you know um, uh, tipping you know more young people into the criminal justice system and we would also like greater partnership we would like to see greater partnership uh, with local community groups so for instance in bedfordshire we'd like to see uh, greater you know voluntary sector organizations frontline organizations not only uh, providing that sort of support and advocacy um, providing uh, young people and the general public with more knowledge about stop and search uh, and what what knowing helping young people to understand their rights so that they can become good citizens um, and it's it's about understanding all of those uh, things and also uh, for uh, community groups and for young people to join um, uh, you know uh, campaigns such as stopwatch or even indeed local organizations that actually question the use of stop and search like nathan and to support them to actually understand and develop uh, better uh, ways of um, you know uh, you know alternatives to uh, using just stop and search all the time as a crime fighting tool because uh, bedfordshire police uh, website also states that they use stop and searches for increasing community confidence, well, I don't think actually community confidence is um, is that great in relation to black and minority ethnic groups. Nina, we have to end it there. Thank you very much indeed. Nina Samota from the campaign group Stopwatch. Keen to hear your stories. 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The High Street in Olney has been closed between Spring Lane and the B5388 after a serious accident. The A5 is also partially blocked after an accident at Tebworth Road. It's affecting both directions of traffic. In Gerrards Cross, the A413 has been cleared at the M25 overbridge after an accident earlier on. And in Uxbridge, the A40 eastbound has been an accident at the Swakeleys roundabout. On public transport, London Overground have severe delays between Newson and Watford Junction after a signal failure. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. A report into problems at Bedford Hospital's paediatric department is due to be discussed by the hospital board today. It says the concerns of junior doctors were effectively ignored. An investigation has begun into what caused a US military helicopter to crash on the North Norfolk coast, killing all four people on board. The aircraft, based at RAF Lakenheath in Suffolk, have been on a low-flying training exercise. Young black people in Luton say they're stopped and searched more than other communities. Bedfordshire Police admit it's more, but says it's not disproportionately so. The weather, dry with sunny spells, a moderate breeze and a high of 12 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Sunderland beat Manchester United 2-1 in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at the Stadium of Light. It was United's third consecutive defeat in all competitions. The second leg is on the 22nd of January at Old Trafford. Stevenage are already benefiting from having their FA Cup fourth-round tie against Everton televised. The club will earn £144,000. Leading scorer Francois Zoko has now signed until the end of the season and the club have turned down bids for Luke Freeman. Stevenage manager Graham Wesley says a good cup run can make a massive difference to small clubs like Stevenage. Well, you're standing at our training ground and our training ground was uh, a product of the FA Cup. So a club like Stevenage is this important. 
um, we wouldn't be here today if, uh, if we hadn't got through a couple of years ago to, to round five. So um, this is what it means to football clubs like Stevenish. MK Dons have signed the Everton striker Chris Long on loan for a month. The 18-year-old is an England under-20 international. He's been brought in to replace another loanee, Patrick Bamford, who left at the weekend. Long won't be eligible for the FA Cup third-round replay against Wigan next week. In the Southern League Premier Division last night, Hemel Hempstead beat Biddeford 4-1 and Bedford Town lost 2-1 against Stourbridge. And the director of the England cricket team, Andy Flower, says reports that he told the ECB they must choose between either him or Kevin Peterson are totally inaccurate. Many of this morning's papers suggest that Flower issued an ultimatum following England's Ashes series whitewash. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Lots to talk about in the last thirty minutes of the show before Tim comes on and does his stuff. We're talking about stop and search. Uh, we are talking. Uh, oh, women's work is too hard for men. What do you reckon, Peter? Is women's work too hard for you? Not at all. I do do women's work now. What? Didn't realise my wife used to do so much anyway. What 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 is women's work exactly? Well, there are so many extra things that the the husband doesn't realise the wife does. Just a little bit and pe- pieces in the corners, really. And there's lots and lots and lots they do, unbeknownst to the husband, I tell you. Just to keep a place really looking nice. I pay, I pay the bills. Yeah. I put my hand down the drain uh, when it's blocked. I put my hand down the toilet when it's blocked. Yeah. Why shouldn't my wife cook my supper and clean the dishes? Well, they're probably coming home from work and they, they continue working when they come home. You will, when you come home, you'll go and sit in the armchair and watch TV. I do no such thing. Do you know what, <laughs> do you know what, I, do, do you know what I do as soon as I get home, Peter? Yeah. I go and have a doze for an hour in bed. Well, that's even worse, what? isn't it? What? I mean, you're doing no, nothing physical, really. You don't, you, don't, you don't know what I'm doing while I'm doing this show. I'm stripped to the waist, Peter, and I am pumping iron. <laughs> yeah. I am pumping I iron while I'm that. talking to you. Ugh. You sound absolutely massive, muscly Ooh. type guy. <laughs> oh, 1,002. 1,003. Yeah. Oh, let me put that down for a second, Peter. Right, that's better. <laughs> ah. I, w- I came on, actually, to talk about the oh. police, actually. Oh, go on, then. Have you been well, stopped I'm and searched? Well, I'm just saying... Are you they, a young the, black man? Do, yeah, but it's profiling they do. It's not, oh. a, not a race thing. No. Police have always done profiling on areas. Yeah. Now, now you know, and I know, and everybody sensible knows that yes. Luton's had quite a bad reputation for a long, long time. Who have? Uh, Luton. Luton has, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes, oh, yes. yes. And, uh, I mean, I know, I know of it, and my son knew of it as well. Yes. When he lived there. And, uh, be, but they do a profile on an area, and they'll, they'll sort of saturate that area for a short while. Yes. And it's the profile they work to. It's not... Colour, race or anything, it's just a profile they work to. And they work to it because this is what the profile shows. It probably shows them maybe more black people committing the crimes. It's for various reasons. So you just think that young black people should put up with it? 
Well, I mean, I did when I was younger. I was stopped a couple of times, and uh, one was I couldn't believe why, but uh, I could understand it. They 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 smother an area sometimes. Yeah. So what did you get? What did you get stopped for? Well, one I, I had broken hangers in because I worked in the garment trade, and you I had, had broken hangers taken for firewood. You had broken so hangers. I looked a bit bulky. Well, where would you where would you stash these broken hangers? Pockets inside the overcoat, that sort of thing. Is that a broken hanger in your pocket or a gun? Well, that's what they, I was a bit bulky, so they stopped me. But the second time, I was carrying nothing whatsoever, and because of the area, they were profiling that area. And, and similar as that, they're looking for people who they thought they they might get an extra conviction. Because oh. let, let's face it, a lot of the police convictions are hit and miss anyway. Yeah. We all know that. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean, you, they, they, they claim, they claim... Is, the that, is, that, a, is that a fact, Peter? I was oh, absolutely, a... they claim a reduction in car crime. It's nothing to do with the police. It's the systems within the cars that, that have reduced the crime with cars. Oh, we oh. all know that as well. I don't, I don't, I don't know that. Oh. Oh. The new systems Peter. in the cars make it much more difficult for a criminal to steal your car. Peter, can you do me a favour? Yep. I um, uh, have been asked by my boss yep. to um, collect spontaneous displays of affection from my listeners yep. directed at me. Now, I don't know if you know Matt. Matt calls in. He's a grumpy old so-and-so. But earlier on, he spontaneously said this. All right, Ian, I like you. So, Peter, could you do me a favour? <laughs> could you say, this is Peter in Warmer Green, and I love Ian Lee? Oh, I can't say that, <laughs> I can't say that. Could you, well... Uh, uh, yeah, so you, yeah sometimes, uh, I really think you, you've got to redevelop your charisma. <laughs> I can't say that. OK, how about, this is Peter in Warmer Green, and I really like Ian Lee. I like Ian Lee's programmes from time to time. Okay, cut How off, about that? That's yeah, not cut, bad. cut off the time to time bit. <laughs> and one final thing, could you say, Ian Lee gets me up in the morning? Oh, no, definitely not. You couldn't say that for me? No, no, no definitely not. Why, why not? Because you don't. <laughs> oh, what gets you up in the morning? Oh, sometimes five live. <laughs> How rude, Peter. <laughs> nice to talk to you. Thank you for being a good sport. Can you believe that, J-Dog? Absolutely outrageous. How <laughs> cheeky you were saying. I'll give you a comp this morning. Go on, mate. I, I know you've been working out. Um, yeah, you're looking pretty ripped. Yeah. Ian Lee is ripped. There you go. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. It's a pleasure. Uh, now, <laughs> Justin. Yes. Women's work is too hard for men. You've admitted your mum does some of your washing. Well, do you know what, Ian? I can't wash, I can't cook, I can't iron. I'm absolutely useless when it comes to household chores. But the, di- the, the washing machine is a piece of cake. No, it's not. It's all on there now. You just t- you just press which button you want. You put the clothes in. You put the, the, the tablet in. It's easy. I play it safe. What I say to people is, if you want me to cook for you, that's fine, but you're going to get food poisoning. If you want me to iron for you, you're going to go to work looking in an absolute state. And if you want me to wash your clothes for you, well, the house is going to get flooded. Excuses all round. Wow, that's that's crazy. Mm. But th- th- there's a survey that says women's work is too hard, uh, hard for men. Half of men would hate to swap roles with their wives. Yeah. You've been speaking to people this morning about this. Yeah, I've been talking to men, and um, they're, they're pretty disgusted by this report because they can do a number of the household chores. I've been talking to men this morning. Ian, here's what happened. Hey, you've seen this report. You're not happy, are you? No, it's rubbish. Because I think men do just as good as women. I do the housework with my missus. I do the washing, the ironing. We do shopping together. We share it. She works, I work. So we both share it. I can't see the problem. 
I can do them all. My mum taught us all how to cook, iron wash, sew. I can even sew. You've got to admit, though, there are a lot of men out there still who say, do you know what, that job's not for me, that's for the woman. That's old age. You have to get in the 20th century now, you have to do it yourself. 21st. Oh, 21st century. <laughs> well, I'm older, so... <laughs> Great, sir, thank you very much. All right, no problem. No, I think any man can do any woman's work, really, if they put their mind to it, they're just... Lo- intrinsically lazy sometimes I don't know I think I, I think in today's society I think we're, we're all we want to be all equal so that's what we you know you've got to take on the rough with the smooth you've got to do your part sort of thing Morning Bill now you're in a, a relatively new relationship but you can do all the chores that we're talking about here standing on your head can't you tell us what you can do no I do I do them just like well I've done them for years see you know it just comes as water off a duck's back for me so tell us what you're good at then Bill Practically everything, cooking, cleaning, washing my own clothes, you know, all, all the stuff they do, like ironing, when I need to. And your partner must be absolutely loving this. Oh, she does, yeah, yeah. Keith, when it comes to household chores, can you cope? Can you handle it? Absolutely, So yeah. what do you do? A- anything, hoover, cook, do the washing up sometimes, yeah. So apparently these jobs are too hard for us men. I don't know, perhaps there's, there's different men, isn't there? I don't know. Tracy, you've seen this report. Tell us what you do in terms of the household chores. I do uh, cleaning, I do cooking, I do gardening, I do everything apart from the polishing. So that's the only thing your husband does? He only does the polishing? Well, I mean, he does help, um, obviously, um, but that's his main his main chore. So how do you think you would get on then if you swap roles for a week and he did everything and you did the polishing? I wouldn't be able to because I've got OCD, I think, and I'd end up going around doing it again myself anyway. I'm very particular about cleaning and everything, so if I see him doing say, and it wasn't quite right, I'd end up doing it again anyway. uh, Right, so it wouldn't work? No. This is it. This is, this is the thing. This is the thing. Men can do it just as well as women, but they do it differently. Yep. And women get a bit funny. Oh, you've not done, oh, you've done it wrong. No, I've not done it wrong. Yep. I've done it differently. Absolutely. And, of course, in, let's not forget that, um, you know, the majority of women, I would say, what, 99.9%, really, really enjoy doing the housework. It's something that they look forward to every single week. So, so why disrupt that? <laughs> the reverse of this, of course, is men feel they couldn't do women's roles. Mm. Women couldn't necessarily do men's roles. Well, do you know what? I found it fascinating. Um, the first man at the beginning there said that, that his mum taught him everything. <laughs> and um, he said that, that he can sew. How many other no, men listening this morning can actually sew? I can start it. I can't yeah. finish it off. I can't tie it off. My buttons always come back off again. I don't think you'll find more than, what, two men between now and nine who can actually sew. And they're, they're prepared to come on the radio and actually admit that, a bit like Pete. Because it's not yeah. a manly thing to do, is it? Justin, can I, this is, can I set you up something for tomorrow? Of course you can. Please. Have a listen to this. This is Matt who called in earlier. All right, Ian, I like you. Okay, and this is Peter and Wilma Green. I like Ian Lee's programme. There you go, see, we, the, the, <laughs> that's what you said. Just, just to clarify. I like Ian Lee's programme. So that's great. Yes. C- c- I, I feel the show needs a bit of a boost, okay? Mm, so yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want you to set these up or script them or anything, okay? No, I wouldn't do that. Because that would be against BBC rules. Yeah, we don't do that. And don't edit them or anything. No, no. Uh, but could you, t- for tomorrow's show, get groups of people spontaneously saying how much they like the show, what they like about the show, what they like yeah. about me, why I'm so good, how I get them up in the morning, why I'm the best breakfast presenter there is, why I'm the best presenter on BBC 3CR, why I'm really, really good, why the show is so excellent. Could you get, get you know, maybe sort of yeah. two, two and a half minutes worth of material like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a problem. I'm just saying it, it could take a while. Am I going to get paid overtime for this? Just do it, Dealey. OK, listen, I'll try. I'll try. A bit like Peter, you know, 
I'll try. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. Unbelievable. Got some texts here about stop and search. Let's have a quick look at some of these. Ian, recently in the tabloid newspaper for London, of 127 criminals arrested, 120 were black. One of my relatives was mugged and the mugger was black. A friend was mugged and the mugger was black. I do accept white people have criminals within their communities, but consider how small in size black communities are in this country, but how so many are involved in crime in proportion to the white population. Leave the police to do their job and stop using the black card, says Pat. Uh, Dave from Sunday says, The police are definitely racist. Half the world population is Chinese, but a lot less than half stop and search are on non-Chinese ethnicities. The local demographics should be taken into account and published with the same figures. You shouldn't compare local events with national demographics. It's just irritating the level of fallacious... Fallacious? Fallacious? That means something else, I think, uh, Dave. Media coverage of national versus local events... Andrew says, I'm on the side of the police. How on earth are the police supposed to stop knife crime, drug crime and terrorism if they do not stop and search suspicious characters? And finally, Barry and Hemel says, stop and search. Uh, this is usually to try to prevent crime and to protect the general public. I'm by no means racist, but the facts are that most knife and gun crimes are black on black and stop and search is usually to find weapons. Would you expect to look in a desert for fast swimming fish so as not to upset the rivers and the seas? What? I have black, brown and white friends. If there were green, blue and purple people, they would probably be friends too. I've no idea where this is going, Barry. Stop and search is needed, and if directed at a certain group, it is not prejudice. It is because this is statistically the best place to look. 08459 455 555. 15 minutes of the show, two lines free. Now is an excellent time to give me a call. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 26 for Waltham Abbey after an accident. In Uxbridge, the A40 eastbound has been an accident at the Swakeleys roundabout. Also, the A5 is partially blocked, affecting both directions because of an accident at Tebworth Road. In Olney, the High Street is closed between String Lane and B5388 and it's quite slow in the general area after an accident. On public transport, London Overground have severe delays between Euston and Watford Junction after a signal failure. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 8.46, it's Wednesday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report into Bedford Hospital's children's department says doctors' concerns were effectively ignored. The inquest into the death of Leon Briggs, who died after being arrested in Luton, opens this morning. In football, Stevenage will earn £144,000 from their televised FA Cup fourth-round game with Everton. Coming up in the last 15 minutes of the show, your calls on stop and search, swapping roles with your partner, and daily set a challenge. Can anybody, any man, admit to being able to sew? We'll find out after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a drier and brighter day today. We have a little bit of cloud around at the moment, but it will shift. It's kind of quite high as well, so we can see the blue and the brightness behind it and shows the potential for the sun to come out, which it will do at some point today. We're looking at the wind still quite strong. It's a southwesterly, but it's a little lighter. And because of the sunshine and the dry weather, it's just going to feel a little more pleasant today. The maximum temperature, 10 Celsius, 50 degrees in Fahrenheit. Through the afternoon, the cloud may start to thicken, but that continues on its journey, really, the sea 
evening and some of that cloud becoming thick enough to produce some fairly decent spells of rain actually some quite heavy ones through the middle part of the night and that's going to continue through to tomorrow morning minimum temperature down to six celsius now these outbreaks of rain tomorrow still have one or two heavier bursts in there but it will start to brighten up as we head through the afternoon we've still got quite a strong breeze but once that rain moves out of the way it will ease off through tomorrow afternoon the temperature staying similar for thursday 10 celsius 50 degrees in fahrenheit and that's your forecast thank you kate if you've missed any of the programs from the last week you've missed things like this the next hour i'll be taking you on the journey of one bedfordshire charities challenge to form a choir in only eight weeks but there is a way you can hear it all again. It's going to be quite difficult and we're not really going to know until we see, I guess. Go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and click on listen again. Amy, you did it. You sang your solo and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. <laughs> Singing for chums. bbc.co.uk slash three counties. So I can't sew. I don't think any man can sew. I don't think many women can sew anymore. I think it's a dying art. My wife just bought a sewing kit. What? I think it's a dying art. Warren's in Hitchin. Warren, can you sew? Morning, Ian. Morning. I, oh, I'm, I'd love to be able to sew, but I'm a bit like you. The buttons fall off too quickly. And I, Listen, it's not through laziness. I have tried. I've really made an effort, and I just can't do it. I believe you, Ian. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I, I can do most other things. I can polish, dust, vacuum... I can even do the washing up. It's you just struck just listening to Justin, listening to you there. It struck me. Does anybody use polish anymore? I remember polish being very big in the eighties, but I, we don't use polish anymore. We dust things down, or we use one of those kind of green sprays to clean the windows. But I don't remember the last time we had a, a, a load of Mister Sheen in the house. No, we we have a bit of Mister Sheen, but it's these twenty first century fibre cloths these days. Fibre cloth. Hey, here's right. Last ten minutes of the show, I'm hijacking. Here's something. My boys really doing my head in. Okay, I've got a big forty two inch TV. It's quite old. It's about six years old. But but they have in the last two days somehow they've got a load of wax all over it it's covered in wax and I went home yesterday it was covered in sellotape now I've got the sellotape off the screen but it's left a massive mark how on earth do I get that wax and that sellotape off you should be able to use the uh, the window cleaner shouldn't you I don't know you can't no Warren no you can't put that on the TV nail varnish what nail varnish nail varnish to get things like that off Sticky sellotape. Try baby wipe first. If all else fails, I tell you what. Here's something. I'm not putting nail varnish on a plasma screen. I thought you said it was old. Well, yeah, it's old, but it's not like a fat TV. It's it's a plasma screen. I'm not putting it on nail varnish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're nuts. It gets all kinds off. Don't all kinds s- of stickies. Do you mean nail varnish remover? Remover. Yeah. You see. You've missed. Oh right. Yeah. Sorry. Divvy. I'm still not putting nail varnish remover on there. Jason, how am I going to get sellotape and wax off of my TV screen? Um, I would use a little bit of white spirit. I certainly wouldn't oh. use nail polish remover because the acetate will melt your screen. The acetate's going to melt the screen, but then surely white spirit would have a similar effect, wouldn't it? No, no, no. It's much, much softer, much more gentle. Yeah, um, much more gentle. I want it to be gentle. It's, they've ruined... They've really ruined the screen, and I'm annoyed... I know it's an old TV, but I, I, I'm annoyed... I, I can't buy a new one until they're about 16 years old. <laughs> little size. Can you sew, Jason? I can sew. My buttons don't fall off, and I've even been known to darn the odd sock or two. Oh, no one darns their socks anymore. It's not 1914. No, I don't anymore, but I, I did say I have been known to. Uh, how, how, what's the secret? How, do you, how does the button stay on? 
Um, once you've sewn the button on, you twist round, you get the thread and you yeah. twist it round and then go back through the holes and tie the knot off. Is he right, Rupert? Yeah, I suppose if you, um, if you don't know knots, tie it lots, I suppose. But I do the knots and it comes off. Tie more. <laughs> the thing is, they're going to have loads of knots on the button, and it's going to look like a bloke sewn it up because it's got a load of, a load of knots on it. Well, if you need help, I suppose. <laughs> Rupert, do you darn your socks like Jason does? No. Oh, that's that's a step too far, isn't it? No, I, I, no, I know if, we're... if it's not breaks, you just chuck it. And you yeah, get of course one, you do. Really. I know we're supposed to kind of not, you know, recycle, reuse, but seriously, if a sock goes, I'm not going to bother nah. doing that. Rupert, nah. when was the last time you, you sewed something? Um, it was a badge on my uniform, because I'm, um, alright, so helping out with the air cadets, and oh, it was you a couple of months later. Sorry, sir, you don't count, then? You've got, you've got a military background? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that much, eh? Wait, uh, Jason, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're not from a military background, are you? No, no, no. You, I, learned to, I learned to sew when I was in the Scouts. Oh, oh well, it, okay, I'll let you have that. Did you get a badge for it, Jason? No, oh. no, I, was, I wasn't that, um, pedantic. Okay, well, there you go. Oh, wait, four, five, nine. Do either of you know how to get rid of this sellotape and um, wax from my TV? WD-40. Oh, you're having a laugh. No, try it. <laughs> Seriously, try it. Really? It's got 101 uses. Uh, but, well, is, is, is one of those 101 getting gunk off the TV that my kids have put there? Yes. Give it a try. I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe Rupert. I, I'm not confident in the answer that he's giving me. Andy's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, sir. Andy, what, what can you do for me? How can you help this morning? The big question is, is it a plasma or is it an LCD? I think... Because most people just say, oh, it's a plasma yeah. when it's a big telly. It's, if I push it, if I push the screen, it gets like a white light around my finger. Right, that's LCD. Oh, is it? Okay, right, yeah. thank you. So you've got a plastic screen rather than glass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you need to be careful. You could potentially go for uh, some warm, soapy water. Um, that's not going to get... Wa- wa- Mate, that is not going to get wax off. If you go for it, uh, just give it a go. You've got... I mean, we sell LCD screen cleaners as well. Um, oh, I see. I, I work with... I, work with oh, I see. Andy's, Andy's come on. He's, he's got a foot in the door, and he's showing me his wares. Breaks the ice at parties. It's, uh, there are other uh, options available for buying stuff like this elsewhere, obviously. Yeah. It's a BBC. But, yeah, you can get LCD screeners. We have used, um, we have used WD-40 before on, on some stains. As long as it's nothing like white spirit... Um, because that will harm the plastic. Now, okay. C- Catherine has suggested nail varnish remover. Oh, no, I'd stay away from that. You see, you see. Because I thought you were talking about a glass oh. screen when you said old telly. You... Baby wipes, they work you... on everything. You use sellotape. Sorry? Honestly, you get the sellotape, you put it over the sticky, and you start pulling, the se- pulling it off. But it is sticky, it'll just make more sticky. No, it takes the stick away. You need to, you need to pull off. Yes. How is that going to work? It takes the stick away. Honestly. Andy, is she t- she, she's talking rubbish, isn't she? Uh, shall I try and get something sent down to the uh, studio well, for you? No, listen, I'm certainly not allowed to, but uh, we are in, based in Luton. and. Uh, hey, 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 has this been the whole point of this episode? No, it hasn't been the whole point. And I'm not, legally, of course, I'm not allowed to condone, but if, someone spontane- if Andy were to spontaneously send me something like that, then what am I going to do? Send it back? That'd be rude, wouldn't it? And you don't need to. Thank you very much indeed. But you're, you're very kind. Also, Crayon is on there as well. And Pen. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzer. Glenn? Morning, Ian. Glenn, what, what, what have you got for me? Two things. Yes. Um, if you were lucky enough in the 70s, KTEL used to do a product called the Buttoneer. <laughs> I don't remember the Buttoneer. How did the Buttoneer work? 
it used to just shoot a little plastic thing. You know these things that keep Kimball tags on clothes? Yeah. It, it was like a, a very thin piece of plastic with two, it, like two key pieces. Yeah. And that's what you used to hold the button on. But the but thing the, about the KTL and Ronco, they also made that thing, didn't they, where you could get like a glass bottle or something and it would cut it in half and turn it into a vase. Yeah. But it, you then had a really sharp, dangerous vase <laughs> that had the potential to kill you. Yeah. They were a weird they were, company. They were good things, though. They were good things. Well, yeah, the 70s was a weird and dark country, wasn't it? Yeah, and also, and yeah. also, the best thing to get uh, adhesive off the screen is the same product that you, you know. Remember when you used to put a plaster on your your finger, and then you took the plaster off, and you left. You had all that gunk. Oh yeah. The, doctor, the doctors had a al- alcoholic wipe. Oh. And that gets rid of it. You reckon it that'll do it? The screen. Oh. It doesn't mark the screen. Glenn, thank you very much. In, uh, 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 thank you very much. Uh, no, it's Mark. Sorry. No, who was that? I'm confused. I'm talking to you. that was Glenn. This is Mark. Hello, Mark. Hey, good morning, Ian. Don't you just love the Ian Lee show first thing in the morning? Clip that. <laughs> Beautiful. Clip it. We've done it. We've, you're good, Mark. Mark, right, Mark gets a special pass. He can come on any time he wants, even if he's got nothing to say. Thank you, Mark. Sewing. So yes. Yes, I've got to. Yeah, I, that, that's the sound of a sewing tin. We have lots of different cottons. So I have to, you know, do buttons and things. Not properly, but just enough to get by, Ian, you know. It's pretty good. Can you, can you, so you can do it. If, if there was a button emergency right now, bam, you could do it, Mark. You could sew yes. up those trousers and you could get out and you could go to that job interview. Yes, I could. Yeah, and I have to wear my glasses, but I've got different needles. I've got um, scissors, small pairs of scissors. Oh. And I've got some storage of buttons as well. Some of these are... S- spare buttons. Old, spare yeah. buttons. Have you got a yeah. thimble? No, I haven't. And I don't darn socks. No. I just, I just sew, sew up the hole. <laughs> Oh. Mark, listen, I've got to go because I want to squeeze Howard in. Good morning, Howard. Howard? All right, your TV. Yes, sir. I always use um, diluted vinegar. Oh, vinegar is, 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 is supposedly one of the most useful things in the world. But then my TV's yeah. going to smell of chips. No, no, no. I used to use it all the time. Dilute the vinegar down, like you do when you... Um, mum, my mum used to years and years ago, before, like, windy lean and all that was out. Dilute the water... And that should do the job because it's, it's like a, it's an, it's, it basically gets off anything that's um, acid based, and it's, it takes off all the grime or the, anything that's like a residue on glass. So, well, it's, it's on plastic. It's all right. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, and and, and can I, Howard, if, if I'm going to try this today, if this yeah. doesn't work, you'll be buying me a new television. Yes. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much, Howard. I would, I'm going to accept that laughter as uh, an agreement. Thank you. We have a contract, which is always good to have in these situations. Thank you very much for all of your tips there. Right, it's coming up to 8.59. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 26 for Waltham Abbey. That's after an accident. There's also one on the A5, which is partially blocked at Tebworth Road, affecting both directions. In Olney, the High Street is closed after a serious accident and it is very slow in the area there. On public transport, London Overground have severe delays between Euston and Watford Junction after a signal failure. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Alice. Thank you for everyone who got in touch with us. We just had a, a, a call from Natalie in Hemel. Says he had the same... He had the same telly. That's surely a she. Use baby wipes. 
Baby wipes are not going to get wax and sellotape off it. They won't. They barely get poo off my son's backside. Tim's up next. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thank you, Ian. It's the JVS Show. I'm Tim Wheeler, standing in for Jonathan Vernon.